maybe. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Fight Like Hell podcast, episode 53. We're coming to you on a very special episode. It's a Wednesday, April 6, 2022, in case you're listening to us in the year 2097. First, we want to get into our promotion, where we have our number one sponsor, Invicta Coffee. Invicta Coffee is a veteran-owned coffee company that does all different types of amazing coffees. And the best part about them is they actually take a portion of their proceeds and give it towards uh, mental health for veterans. If you want to go over there and check out any of their coffee and you would like to get a discount on it, please use the promo code fight like hell, all one word, and you will receive some off. And they also are working with our guest of the podcast. Austin, would you do the honors of introducing our guest? Yeah, so we have a very special person on here that we connected with, um, and it's Chad from Sister Dale Distilling. How's it going, Chad? Hello, gents. So, Chad, why don't you briefly tell our listeners about you and about Sister Dale and you know, just give them an idea of who you are and what Sister Dale is. Sure. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for, thanks for having me on. And um, so um, I'm a fifth generation native Texan. Uh, I live in Houston, Texas. And uh, we, uh, my be- business partner and best friend, uh, similar situation to you guys, I think. Um, uh, Peter Watson's his name. Uh, we, we got together and got, you know, our kids were getting through high school and junior high and started looking at sort of you know, what, what are we going to do the second half of our life? And we both have, you know, day jobs. He's a, uh, a lawyer in the oil and gas and VC world. And I do uh, uh, artificial intelligence software uh, and venture capital startups. And so we got together and um, we have a couple of little things that we do entrepreneur wise. But uh, we decided we wanted to, uh, you know, create something that, um, you know, has been around since prostitution and gambling and uh, is uh, alcohol. And so... <laughs> You know, it's like the worst thing you can ever do is is uh, create something that's already super commoditized, right? It's been around forever, and so we said, "Hey, let's let's go do that." So um, yeah, so that's our so that's our backstory. We started in twenty eighteen, I think, and then formed got our company formed around twenty nineteen, and then spent about a year and a half to two years um, getting all of our stuff in order. Uh, the, we can get into all the all the regulations mm-hmm. and the guys ATF and. TTB, ABC, and (laughs) yeah. And in Texas, when you're, you know, a couple of guys, you know, with a a bunch of properties and trying to put a barn up with some hill and, you know, the the ATF tends to sometimes uh, question (laughs) that, especially in Texas. Uh, We've we've had a history of that not working out so well. I figured Um, Texas would be the most easiest place. (laughs) Yeah. So, so we, uh, we, 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 put our shingle up and started working and we can, we can get into all of it, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's who I am. I'm, um, we both live in Houston, but we operate our distillery on my business partners. Um, his sisters is married into a family that has, um, you know, a, a 1200 acre cattle ranch, um, which in Texas is sort of considered medium. Um, so, um, but, uh, yeah, we went out there and we, we got with the family They're, They happen to be sitting in the hill country in a little town called Sisterdale, Texas. Um, the word there's uh, two creeks, sister East Creek and, and West sister Creek that merge into what's called the Guadalupe river, which is one of the biggest, cleanest, um, 
you know, most tubable river in, in Texas. Um, and it's out there in the, in the hill country between San Antonio and Austin. Um, it just so happens to be sitting on um, an aquifer that's called the Edwards Aquifer. And that aquifer is a heavy, heavy limestone aquifer, um, which is uh, almost the exact same makeup um, as Kentucky. And the climate in the Texas Hill Country also happens to be uh, very similar to the to the makeup of Kentucky. So you actually have a you know climates that go up and down. They climb not just like in Houston, where it's just hot and sweaty, and then freezing, and then and then hot mm -hmm. sweaty for 10, 10 and a half months. Um, and so that aquifer, that water that's really pure out there, is why is where all the Texas distilleries and wineries sit. So we're on the Texas Whiskey Trail. There's probably thirty distilleries um, within you know twenty miles you know of us in any direction. We've got you know people. Uh, in, in every direction of us that are out there uh, doing similar stuff and, and doing some great Texas bourbon. Is the, is the whiskey vault out near you guys? The whiskey vill? The whiskey vault. The whiskey vault. I don't know. They're just out of Austin. So is it a bar? Or it's, it's, it's not it, a distillery. No, they have, they have, so they're, uh, they have crowded barrel distilling. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crowded barrel. Yes. They're in okay, Drinking Springs. Yeah. So, all, yeah, so th that's all within, you know, 20, 30 miles. So you guys may have heard of Lukenbach, Texas, uh, mm -hmm. which is, you know, Willie Nelson and all, Johnny yeah. Cash and all them used to hide out. That's eight miles up the river from us. And and oh. um, so but what I was going to say a minute ago is the little town of Sisterdale is, you know, population probably 10. There's an there's a winery in there, which is an old grist <laughs> mill. There's a you know, there's a fire department. There's a dance hall uh, and a couple of residents. And that's about it. Um, but Dale it means River Valley. So Sister Dale, the reason they called it that town is that because it sits right in the middle of those two of those two creeks that run okay. right into the Guadalupe River. And so we're in that little bluff there, that little in that little valley. And our, our place is about a mile and a half up the creek from the creek that runs right behind the, the town of Sister Dale, which is Sister Creek. So um, so that's what we're doing. So we operate our you know, we run our business out of Houston. So we sort of say suits in Houston and, and boots in Sister Dale. So we do all our okay. distilling, aging, all that out there. That's, that's awesome. And we actually trip. really look forward to getting into all the details on this just because a lot of our listeners, including one of the co-hosts actually mm -hmm. enjoys bourbon, which I think yeah, I actually all three of us have in front of us now. So I'm thinking it's only honorary that we should pour our first glasses and I'm then we'll get into glass. some weekend I'm adventures. On my, I'm on my I'm my thirds, but yeah, we can pretend this. <laughs> okay, right. we can pretend. Rob needs to stand one because we'll explain why. Well, this later. is what I'm here about. I'm here about Austin, though, not being a bourbon guy, and so that's what I was. I'm, I'm, I've been, you know, waiting to have this conversation because that's I, fine. I you're, no. clear, you're, you're a clear liquor guy, which is which is fine. But um, let's talk about that a little bit. That's fine. So actually, so I've been I've been drinking um, your bourbon. I think this is my fourth like fourth glass of it. Um, okay. From from since I, since you sent me the bottle and it's and and it's actually I've already finished almost two bottles. Okay, continue. Okay, but but I mean it's it's a lot better than anything else I've tried and it's super you. smooth. Like there's yeah. no like there's no burning like when you first yeah. take your sip your throat burns going down. So like I could drink this and have no issues. Good. Well, that's and that's the idea. So. The North Star that we use, you know, us not being master distillers, you know, my last name's not Beam or, you know, Daniels <laughs> or any of those. Um, and so when you get into the bourbon business or any business, you know, just be, it's sort of like, especially restaurants and any of these sort of consumable products, people get in and go, well, you know, just because I go to a restaurant and I can eat a steak, I, sh I should be able to run a restaurant. And just because I'm, you know, right, alcoholic right. and drink a lot of alcohol doesn't mean that I should be able to run a distillery. So 
the way that what we did is we set up our business, um, Pete and I, as running the infrastructure. Well, before I get into that, what I'd say is the, op the opposite is true as well, which is just because you know how to cook a really good steak, it doesn't mean you have any business sense to know how to run a restaurant. That's why they had right. the front of the house and the back of the house. So our distilling company, if, if you notice our name is Sisterdale Distilling Co., it's not Sisterdale Distillery. We are a distilling company. And what our, our deal was is we really know how to you know, run the business, run supply chain, raise money, marketing, branding, um, all of that sort of stuff that, that a lot of um, distillers have no idea. They're just chefs. And, mm -hmm. so, um, and so we wanted to run a biz, build this sort of executive kitchen, and then we can plug and play our different you know, distillers, pieces. chefs yeah. for different, different pieces. So, and, and the chef's name's not on the building. It doesn't say Emeralds. So if Emerald ever leaves that restaurant, it's just a building. But if Emerald leaves, there goes the name. So we didn't want to be held up, you know, to a distiller that, um, you know, that, that if they ever got sideways or we didn't like them, we wanted to do a different product that they're not deep in, that we can just sort of do different distilling companies that we can plug and, you know, plug and play. And so okay. um, that's what we did, which is a very unique approach, you know, and uh, me, com us coming from the venture capital world, both uh, my partner and I, you know, we both sort of run this as a, as a you know, a profitable business. So we, we don't even you know, I'll get into all the finances of it, but the way we actually reward our, you know, few employees that we do have is we pay them when we're profitable on their products. Our distiller makes, makes our product and we actually give him equity and give him, you know, money and whatnot whenever we turn a profit on the very, on the, on that batch. So everybody's in it working like it's a software company or startup company where mm -hmm. you know, we're all in together and we either make money together or we, you know, starve together, one of the two. And right. so that's kind of how we run the business, which is a unique way um, where most distilleries start out with a distiller who then has a recipe, who then looks to cook mm -hmm. it, but then has to go find people to go to market. And that's where they, a lot of them fail. And so we kind of yeah, because the they, have, they have no idea how to promote it. They have no idea how to get it out there. Yeah. They can have the best that's product right. in the world, but right. they don't know they don't know how to get it in front of people. That's right. You have the best product in the world, but if nobody knows about it, who cares? You know, you, right. you're, yeah, still, exactly. you're still just a guy with a recipe that nobody knows about. So, and a lot of um, them, and a lot of them don't want to be in front of people. They don't like, you know, getting up in front of people and talking. They just kind of want to hide and make, do their own thing, and then they don't want to be out in front of it. So then, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, our our uh, head distiller actually has a non disclosure with us. So we a confidentiality. So we we're not. He he doesn't even want his name out in anything. So mm. um, which is pretty. People keep trying to figure out who he is. Um, you know, other people are are searching around. There's only oh, so many sure. distillers yeah. in, in Texas, especially in. And that's just that's with any profession though they want to know who yeah. you're using what you're using like how can they do the same exact thing but better yeah oh, yep yeah. okay yeah. well so that's good um well so let's get into the next thing which is mr rob over there um let's talk about your weekend rob and what happened all right so weekend adventures i guess we're going into awesome we know you did nothing chad will definitely get into your story here in a minute but um yeah, I had a, an eventful weekend that went from awesome to kind of uh, broken really fast. Uh, so I was in a Wounded Warrior hockey tournament down in Allen, Texas, which is near Dallas. Uh, I was out there on a brand new team called the Nomads, which is a team that's comprised of Wounded Warriors from all over the USA. And instead of having a city or a state that we represented, we represent the whole entire nation. And it's a great program. It's a handful of guys that I've already skated with. I knew like 70% of the team. We did really well in the tournament. 
uh, as typical ways I've explained on the podcast before, I have done well at getting to championships, but I typically lose the championship. I think this was my seventh or eighth attempt in the last five years to win a championship. And we went all the way to the championship. We were in the third game. I played decent throughout the weekend. Uh, but in the championship game, there was a guy who was just like doing cheap shots to people. Uh, we, we had played them in a, a round robin game two or three games earlier. He did a couple cheap shots on me. He did a couple cheap shots on other players. He wasn't getting any penalties. We were in the third period. We're up six to two. So at this point, I'm pretty confident that we're going to win the game. And I'm screening the goalie. I'm in front of the goalie as a center. And he decides to take a stick and jam it into my back as hard as he can. So that pissed me off because, you know, there's ways that you can move a, a forward out of the area without using your stick. You're not supposed to use your stick at all. I looked at the ref, the ref didn't call it. So I circled around in a cycle. And then when I came through, I put a shoulder into him and I said, Hey, motherfucker, it's warrior hockey. What the fuck are you doing? We're not like technically a hitting league. Like we're not even supposed to really fight that much either. Like warrior hockey is about aggressive hockey, but team camaraderie because you're playing against a bunch of other disabled vets. So you're pretty much family on and off the ice tempers flare, especially in the championship game. So him and I kind of went back and forth, said a bunch of fucked up things to each other. One of the last things I told him when I was like skating down the ice with him was, I was like, Hey, check the fucking scoreboard, which, you know, pissed him the fuck off because they're losing. They're more than likely going to lose the game at this point. And that's when he like just stopped uh, right around our goalie and asked if I wanted to go. And I was like, listen, man, fuck that. And then he pushed me. So I was like, okay, we can fucking go. So I grabbed him. He grabbed me. We started getting ready to go at it. And out of nowhere, I get just clocked in the face by someone else who wasn't even a part of the fight. And as I got clocked in the face, I also got pulled down. So the three of us fell and it went from like, I don't know if you can see it anymore, like it's healed up a little bit, but I had like a little bit of a black and blue mark from where my visor hit my, uh, my nose. Uh, as I'm going down and my face is in a little bit of pain because I, I got sucker punched, all of a sudden I just feel my ankle crack, pop and snap and I went into excruciating pain in the ankle because my fibula, tibula, and some other bone down there, all three of them got broke because when we went down, the players fell on me. The guy who sucker punched me was probably like 6'4", 240, maybe 260 pounds. The guy I was trying to fight was probably about like 180, 190 in my height. So I might have stood a chance against him. And it it's bullshit because typically like in fights, especially on the ice, it's supposed to be one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you're not supposed to jump in. The only way you usually jump in is if you're trying to separate your, your players and you don't want them to get in the fight. We're already up. So like me getting a penalty wouldn't have been the end of the world. But instead, like it kind of went a little bit haywire. People fell on me. I broke my ankle and had to be taken off the ice. However, I sat around and waited for the game to end. That way uh, I could be wheeled back onto the ice on like a little chair 
so I could celebrate with my team because we ended up winning the championship. Uh, it was my first championship as an adult. It was really cool to achieve something like that. But at the same time, now I need fucking surgery and that kind of sucks. <laughs> so. so when you called him a motherfucker, do you think that's a, you said they're family. So do you think that might've started it? <laughs> no, I think, I think like the, the icing on the cake was like mm-hmm. me saying, check the scoreboard. It's like, no one wants to hear that when they're losing in a championship game. And I've in the past, I've been really good. I, w- I was telling Amanda before the hockey tournament, she brought up, you know, fighting and stuff and don't try to show off because I'm there. And I was like, listen, like I've never been in a fight in a hockey game. I've instigated stuff, but I've easily made the player lash out on me to draw the penalty because then we're up a player on a power play. And I had already done that like two or three times during the tournament. I had drawn, I had drawn at least two or three penalties uh, throughout the entire tournament, which we scored on the power play. So it works out great. But this time, like, I just I couldn't take it. Like the guy was was playing cheap as fuck. Um, another thing that uh, that's kind of random from today, I ended up talking with the the coordinator for their program. Uh, him and I reached out to each other because he's actually a friend of mine, and he's been on the podcast before. Uh, Brandon Beaver, who runs the uh, Colorado Warriors. And he basically went over it. He, he's like, all right, let me hear what happened on your end. I'm going to tell you what my coaches and trainers saw because the Colorado Warriors team has like coaches. They have trainers. They're sponsored by the Avalanche. Like they're a big organization. And they've been to many tournaments. And they know that they're not supposed to fight or do shit like this. So I explained the story. And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, that's exactly what they told me. But they also told me that you didn't even see the guy coming because he came from like behind you in the side, clocked you in the face and then grabbed you by the shoulder to pull you down. And I don't know, everything kind of happened fast. It's kind of shitty, but that that player is being suspended for five games. Uh, He's on a, a verbal warning plus a suspension of one more even close to an infraction like that. Like he's going to be kicked off the team because you know we do get violent in these games like hockey is not a fucking non-violent sport but we're not out there trying to injure other players and the other problem he had was a lot of the leadership on that hockey team for the colorado warriors came to check on me uh one of the guys helped me get me off the ice to get me to like the medical trainers and um a couple of them came up to me after the game like later in the hotel to see if I was okay and apologize and this and that the two dudes that, that I fought with or whatever, both of them grilled me when I got off the ice, never fucking apologized, never gave a shit that I was injured. Like just kind of fucked up. Cause like shit happens. Like, I don't think the guy intentionally broke my ankle but at the same time. He shouldn't jumped into the fucking fight. So that was my weekend. Yeah, it sounds like you had a you had a fun weekend for sure. I heard all about it. Um, and then you said you have to have surgery, so that's that sucks. But how's life been? How's life been only having one leg? Uh it's it's been bad and good. Meaning, like it, it's a pain in the ass to do things. But I, I do want to give a shout out to first off, you know, my my teammates for helping me get on and off the ice. And then uh, a big shout out to one of our buddies who actually played with us in a previous tournament and was at the game watching it. 
the medical staff was in the middle of wrapping my leg because it was fucking broken. The clock ended. The game was over. The championship was won. People were going fucking crazy. He's like, cut the tape right now. I need him. <laughs> he literally carried me onto the ice or like got me onto the chair, pushed me on the ice so I could go celebrate with my team. And that's, that's one of my buddies, May, who uh, has played with us in another tournament and is a really good friend. Then I want to, you know, shout out my beautiful girlfriend, Amanda, because she spent the next over 24 hours taking care of my broken ass, helping me get all my equipment uh, to places, helping me get to the hospital, getting me home, uh, just being incredible. And then on top of that, dealing with a seven month year old, uh, seven month old puppy that was at the hotel that was constantly trying to jump on my leg and act a fool. And then fast forward to now, I just want to give one more shout out and say everyone that works with me at the park, like it's been incredible. Uh, you know, my buddy, my buddy Paul came over and brought me lunch today and hung out with Allie and I, he's a police officer out here. My boss Lowell, who actually listens to the podcast, uh, <laughs> picked me or he showed up at my house the night I got home to help me get all my stuff in, help me deal with Allie. He cooked me dinner the first night. He helped me like do things. Cause like being on crutches sucks. Like, especially when you're home by yourself, like I am having trouble, like moving things room to room. So he's come over several times to check on me, to hang out with me, to talk to me, bring me food, cook me stuff. Him and Paul both made enchiladas for me tonight. So I got to eat one before the podcast. I'm actually going to try the other afterwards. My, my other buddy chance, uh, He's been super helpful. Everyone like it's, it's been shitty, but it's been the best shitty that anyone could ever have because I, I truly feel like I have a family out here that's, that's watching after me and it is literally helping me get through this. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that's enough about me because I think we have like <laughs> a, a super fucking cool guest on and I want to keep drinking whiskey with him and learning more. So with that being said, um, you just had an event that happened over the weekend too, right, Chad, on March 31st or? Oh, you mean, yeah, the 28th, my birthday. Yeah. So, which I don't really celebrate too much. I don't, it's, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, I turned, uh, 47 this year. So, uh, yo, can we pause for a sec? Like you look so fucking good for 47. <laughs> like, like it's incredible people age really terribly once they get into like you know late 30s early 40s like both amanda and i thought you were significantly younger than you are we we thought you were our age maybe younger experience wise we thought you were older than us but like looks wise it, i mean the more i drink this the more sexier you get yeah you want to swipe right on me rob mm -hmm. are you swiping are you swiping right no i would swipe good? up I would give you a swipe up. Okay. I would give you oh, a super. Okay. I didn't even know that that was a thing. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So it's been. I haven't. I haven't been on a date since 1994. Uh, Probably should keep was, it that way. You are married. Yeah. That's right. I'm with a lovely so. family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My last date was my freshman year in uh, in in college uh, to my now 24 year married uh, wife and 30 whatever that whatever the math is 28 years together something like that. So that's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, but I did meet Amanda when you were in Houston because she's a, she's an H-Town resident um, yep. and lovely lady and uh, is uh, going to be, you know, hopefully modeling on our Instagram more often. But I think you did tell me something yesterday that uh, I was asking how it was and, and you mentioned something about a, a, a sponge bath or something. Can, can we talk about that briefly or does that sound cooler than it looked or what was the deal on that? I mean, I, I, I know the full details of that sponge bath. So, well, Austin, you probably gave it, you, you know. Because you guys are let me just say that um, my morale was restored by my injury. Amanda took very good care of me. Well, I took my very first shower. I, you know, I don't wish she was here in the essence of like, I think it would be too much for her to help have to try to take care of me and take care of Finn. But if Finn was a little bit older, um, I could use more of those showers like every <laughs> night. Now, and I might her, even we... like try to re-break my leg to get another one. She would kill you if you were should have had her come over. Rob, I should have had her come over and we could have we could have uh, co-broadcasted, you know, together and we could ask her if her view and version of the sponge bath was as good as yours was, it could have been a whole different angle. You know, that it's always cooler to get it than to have to give it. Yeah, I mean, like, let's just say that there wasn't a sponge involved. It was just purely hands and uh, and a lot of soap. And she's incredible. <laughs> but we're going to keep her as a respectful lady that she is. That I mean, I we're going to have her on the podcast sometime. So. Uh, well, yeah, we should. We should. Once, once she yeah. doesn't want to, like, kill me. She was, she, was, um, she was pretty upset. She took this injury pretty hard because – she, you know, thought like maybe I got in that fight because she was there and, you know, I was trying to show off. She also, you know, had a, a deep conversation with me about like she's not into guys that are violent. And, you know, she hopes that when I recover from this, it's more of a lesson that it's not a habitual thing. Like I go out there and continue to fight other players, which I won't. But I also told her this, listen, like hockey wise stuff happens on the ice is crazy. But I don't think I need to get in another hockey fight, but I'll tell you what, and I, I can pretty much attest to probably any, you know, good dude out there. If someone ever laid their hands on her, it would be over. Like I would not be able to control myself. I will fight for someone that I love and care about. And that goes right, for but that's a whole different that's a yeah whole, exactly because she's like different. she's like, promise me you won't fight again. And I was like, on the ice, I can probably promise that. I can't. 100% promise it because I don't know what's going to happen, but I will not go out of my way to ever fight someone. But if someone well, don't ever tell touched you, the don't, don't do scoreboard checks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. So besides your birthday, did you, did you do anything else over the weekend for sister Dale or you had anything going on or yeah. coming up? Uh, this weekend we were, we were off now. We, um, so my partner, and I kind of split duties, uh, between different events and things like that. So, you know, we do, we, we work with local artists and, um, we had a crawfish boil this weekend at one of the, one of our farms that, that they, they in Houston, they grow actually kind of close to where, uh, Amanda lives over in the Heights in Houston. Um, so we, we do different things to support local artists, whether they be chefs, whether they bring up, um, whether they bring up, uh, uh, I mean, uh, musicians um we've got a guy named alex lambert who has written some songs that justin bieber has 
put out. Um, and he's a, he was on the American Idol, the voice, you know, top 10 mm -hmm. and, um, great Texan out of Fort Worth lives in Nashville now. So we, we work with him and, you know, different people that are doing different things around our brand, um, that represent our brand and similar, similar lifestyles. We have a couple of different, um, if you go to our Instagram page, uh, sisterdelldistillingco.com, right you'll see, yeah, you'll see there's Alex there with the hat on and you'll see we're in Rolling Stones. If you look at that fourth post there in the middle, um, our event that we did in Austin by South by Southwest was named one of the coolest things uh, in, at South by South by. So I don't know if you guys know what South by Southwest is. It's a huge yeah. music festival and technology festival. Isn't it video in too? It's everything. It's, it's, yeah. a, a, you know, all kinds of entertainment, you know, it started out as just a bunch of musicians, um, yeah. you know, doing that, but um, it's, it's, they have a, you know, film festival and, but we did some stuff there and um, it, you know, some artist stuff that we do and, um, yeah, you'll see Spencer and let's talk uh, about this good looking guy right here. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer, Spencer Kirksey. He's a, you guys know Spencer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We oh, had yeah. him on the podcast. We're good friends. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So Spencer, um, funny enough, and maybe that's how I think I maybe ran into you guys was if you look at him, he, there is, yeah, he's, he's the, um, he's the face of our, of one of the faces of our, of our company. We use him in a lot of our, um, advertisement campaigns between October and December his face, that picture right there, the one that you just passed on, um, yeah. not that one, the other one. Yeah, that one, that uh, was seen by three and a half million Texans. Uh, in, um, Is so that the one do... you put in Forbes? No, Forbes. So Forbes um, was not a magazine, or was not an advertisement. That was actually, mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the Forbes list, right? They have oh, okay. they come out a list every year. Um, we were honored to be listed in uh, Forbes magazine as listed one of the world's top craft bourbons on the planet. Yeah. Um, and that was back in October ish, um, you know, but we've, we've won, we came out and we came out in November a year ago. So it's been, you know, 15, 16 months and we've won over, over eight, eight medals and we're in Forbes and we're named one of the best micro distilleries. And what you're looking at now is our other, our other buddy, Spencer, mm -hmm. uh, with Invicta coffee, who you guys mentioned a minute ago. Um, good, yeah. Good friend of ours. Yeah, so we did a collaboration with him, we, who we also met through Spencer Kirksey, um, where, so that's our sister Dale, uh, bourbon coffee. It's his, one of his best um, selling deals. This is best. He does, Hands down the best one he has. Like, I love all his stuff with that. Bourbon yeah. con is incredible. And that's actually how you and I connected. Yep. Was so through, he, um, through Invicta. Yeah. And so that kind of gets into a little bit of, you know, it all started with Spencer. We liked his look and kind of what he does with Wrangler and, you know, different, different things that he does. And so we liked him as a human being, you know, he himself was, you know, was an educator and then went out on his own about two years ago, right, right in COVID. And, you know, I think you said you've had him on the podcast, so you understand the story, mm -hmm. but just the hustle and the grind. And so, you know, we really relate well to that same thing with you guys. Um, we, that's what we do. And so, we started using him and, and started and, and he happens to be one of our most popular when we post him and anything with him. Um, you know, we have about 33% of our followers are women. Uh, and so <laughs> women and men alike, uh, like Spencer, but um, the Invicta coffee thing we did um, when I checked him out um, and again through that, and I saw his mission, um, which is donating proceeds back and, and things like that. And so we said, look, you know, we'd like to do so a collaboration with you guys. And, um, you know, we donate a hundred percent of our, of our piece of that deal. Um, we, we, we give it all back to Spencer and, and, you know, he does what he does with it, with the different charities and things that he's doing. So we pump it, we promote it. We, we, you know, do a lot with it and it gets, a, it, it's great for us. 
because it gives us a chance to do some other avenues um, as a company. But um, the mission is is what it's about. So the the in mental health and um, which is what Rob and I've had a lot of conversations about. You know, it's, it's near and dear to to our heart at Sisterdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and actually, um, on that note, you know, we definitely met through Spencer, and you know, get it, got connected. You found out about Save Our Six, and you had an interest in that when we talked on the phone for two different reasons. One was your brother, and one was the mission behind like mental health. Even though that you're a, uh, a bourbon company. Would you like to go into some detail on that about like what your brother did and, you know, what your thoughts are on the veteran community and like, you know, the promotion of your alcohol? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my father, you know, did two tours in Vietnam uh, and growing up, you know, he when he came home um, from from Vietnam, you know, to this day, uh, his body bag is still packed up in the attic. So my brother and I were little, we'd go up in the attic and he had this big green, you know, and never, never unpacked it. I mean, you know, 20 years later, 40 years later. Um, and so, you know, we kind of grew up a little bit of that Vietnam post traumatic stress, which wasn't a thing. Then you just sort of had to suck it up and, you know, men were men and, you know, one day to the battlefield and two days later, you're, you know, walking down, you're driving down the street and at the grocery store. And it's, it's, a, it's amazing how far we've come. Um, but yeah, my, you know, my, all, both my grandfathers, my uncle, um, you know, my brother have all, they're all, you know, military, um, my oldest brother, who I'm referring to, you know, he was a Marine scout sniper out of 29 Palms uh, and was in the 17, I believe, is his unit. I'm, I'm talking like I know. I'm trying to get street cred for being military, and I'm not military, but, but um, that's he did. You know that he did that uh, for a while and rode bulls professionally in the in the in the military, and you know, it was a, I don't know, brown belt or something like that. And you know, he so he was always, you know, he, he was. Um, dealt with, dealt with, uh, you know, drug addiction in high school. And so he's always sort of, you know, looking for something, fighting, drinking, partying, uh, Marines, bull riding. Uh, and so, you know, and, and we have a lot of mental health in my family, a lot of mental health issues. And, and, uh, I, myself, you know, I'm on Prozac, um, I'm on Lexapro, um, you know, bouts of depression, anxiety. Um, I'm in a very stressful, uh, you know, world in both my venture capital and software business and both starting up mm-hmm. and running a bourbon business. So, you know, when I see grown men not being afraid to talk about those things, um, you know, that's, that's big for me. And then when I see suicide, um, you know, I don't think my, I, I was meant to talk to my brother before this uh, podcast to see if he cared about it, uh, if I brought it up, but I, I don't think he does. So I'm going to, but, you know, he came out of the military. Uh, he had one of his friends um, uh, stay, staying with them for like the weekend and my brother was uh, taking a shower. They're going to go out. You know, he's 20 something years old and uh, he hears a, a gun go off in his living room um, and he goes out there and the his buddy had gone into his my brother's room and taken his Desert Eagle out of his nightstand and, and shot himself on his couch. Uh, and so stuff like this, you know, is, is, is crazy. And then when I was talking to Rob, he's talking about how many friends he's lost and, you know, things like that. So it's, so for us, it's a really important, um, and you don't have to be a military or even a, a first responder. Like I said, I mean, there's everyday people struggle with mental health and with COVID mm-hmm. and yeah, I can go on and on and on, but yeah, it's, it's near and dear to our heart. So anything we can do and we can promote, you know, like March for miles. And when we, when I saw that going on, I was like, you know, what can we do? You know, can we, you know, I can certainly March, but you know, w- what can we do as a brand to, to, you know, make this where more people would want to get involved. And so we said, well, let's, you know, Hey, we'll throw some bourbon in. Uh, and so just that, that's the kind of stuff we do. Yeah. And, 
And I think one of the things that made me like you even more, you know, just as, as a human and, and our conversations that we've had over the past month, month and a half that we've known each other. Um, it's not that like you've given me some incredible bourbon. It's more that you had a brother who did, or you have a brother who did very similar line of work as myself being a recon and sniper guy as well for the army you also have witnessed what he went through on the ptsd spectrum for losing friends that were close to him and then one of the things that you said to me that was key when you said that you wanted to be one of the the donators for march for miles which we're going to actually get into next is um you know if the person is like a recovering alcoholic or, or, you know, we had discussed if the person is not a person that would drink alcohol, you know, we would do something else for, for that winner because we're not, we're not out here trying to force alcohol down someone's throat who might be, you know, sober for, you know, or recovering addict from alcohol, drugs, whatever. And I just think it's good that there's, there's companies out there that, are for a profit, but not at the profit level of like, Hey, let's just, let's just try to give alcohol to everyone because alcohol isn't for everyone. And it, it means a lot because it, it goes against your, your character and like what you stand for. So it, it means a lot. I know to both Austin and I, and that was like one of the reasons why we're like, we have to have them on the podcast. And, you know, like I wanted to develop a friendship with, with you beyond like whatever the fuck, you know, I take pictures of, and you supply me with whiskey like i don't know you you mean a lot to us chad and like your your background mission means a lot to us so that was one of the big reasons why we wanted to have you on the podcast yeah and we like having we like having people that like because there's plenty of people and plenty of companies out there that say they want to help and say that they you know support military and all these things but it's a whole different thing when you know you put your money where your mouth is and you show that you want to support and, you know, that you actually do care. Especially yeah, with, they're... like, Invicta. Like, you've done a lot yeah. for them. All right. Yeah, I'd like to say, we. I don't know that we've done a lot. I mean, that guy works in grinds, and, you know, Spencer is another Spencer. I mean, he, he, you know, what he does and the fact that he gives his profits back, I'm like, you know, that's that's fantastic for us. And so, um, but, yeah, that's, that's um, you know, the other thing is there's a debt a little bit of a debt feeling, a little bit of a guilt feeling um, for people who didn't serve their country like myself. And I have a whole family of people who did, you know, you sort of feel like you're in debt. And so, you know, the word fraud is not the right word. Cause you know, I don't, I don't know that I'm weaker or something cause I didn't go serve. Um, but there's something different when you, when you pick up a gun and you get on an airplane, you fly overseas and you know, you don't know what's going to, you know, you don't know if that's your last day. That's a whole different thing than, you know, battling the corporate, you know, world and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, it's a little bit of debt um, payback. Um, and a lot of, I think, I think we're at a spot, I don't get too political, but I, I think we're at a spot where too many people just take that shit for, for granted. Um, and you, you don't, and, and not only take it for granted, almost, almost like nose despite the face, right. People in this country have gotten kind of lost sight of um, the freedoms that we have and take it for granted. And you don't know it until it's gone to something like Ukraine or something like that. And, you know, people start, throwing around, let's get over there and do all these things. Well, you're not the one that's, that's, you know, getting on the horse and riding into battle. That's a whole different, that's a whole different. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's unfortunately 
part of the media is a lot of people, you know, are quote unquote professionals that have no idea. They've never been overseas. They've never been in a war. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they're, they're these professionals that think that they know what's best. That's right. So, so, so for us, you know, it's like, well, what, what can I do now, you know, to pay my debt, you know, and try to, in what, whatever way I can uh, pay my debt back to society. And, and so the only thing I can think of is, you know, one is to, to help those people who came back to do something and mental health is, like I said, is a big deal um, as I, you know, I, I struggle with myself. And um, so when I see these companies, it's just like, I just want to like jump on and, and, you know, whatever we can do and, you know, whatever little bit that we can do, but the, the alcohol thing is a big deal too, because, you know, we're not, you know, if you look at our page and, you know, our bottle, you know, our, this, this, this white label that, that we're drinking, you know, this is an $85 bottle. It's expensive. It's one of the most expensive bourbons out there. Um, a pr- ultra premium in America is considered $55 and up. So if you go to a liquor store, you know, anything that's $55 and up is, is the highest category ultra premium. This is 85. Um, mm-hmm. and then this here is, you know, 200. So 180, I think you can online for 180, but it's 200 retail. So these are very expensive bourbons. It's not, it's not made to chug and slam like Rob did on that first. Pack. <laughs> I, I sat there and I, I was watching, I, I watched, I was on my bike, uh, which I thought counted for March for miles, but I was getting a bunch mm-hmm. of miles in. And then I realized. I had <laughs> yeah. Your um, numbers are so high. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. How is he beating me? I know Rob, you're like, you're like, man, this is fast time. And I'm like, I'm riding a bike. It wasn't really that fast, but anyways, I had my phone on my handle on my mountain bike and I actually was watching the, the, watching the video of you guys. And I'm just watching him this first, like, yeah, I just met this guy, you know, I'm drinking and I'm, and and he's just guzzling like he's about to do right now. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're about to get fucked up. I mean, this, this is 94% alcohol. This is 108 proof. Okay. I still need to, I still need to try that blue label. So it's so fucking good. (laughs) So he sent me um, home with a, like a, a bottle of it, uh, a, like a sample, a, yeah. one of your sample, yeah. sampler size that I've hiked yeah, with and blasts. stuff before. Like, Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that it doesn't burn all this, but, but this is not made. It's, it's like a, it's like a really high end steak or something. It's not meant just to slam down. You're supposed to like slowly right. drink and enjoy it. There's plenty of alcohol brands out there that are, you know, you know, let's go party and get, get wasted. And, you know, we're at a different point in our life where we want to enjoy life. We want to enjoy things. We want to, you know, we're, we're not trying to be, you know, um, the, the chugging, you know, chugging glug uh, whiskey company. And so yeah, it's a finer thing. Yeah. But I did talk to Rob back to his point that he made a minute ago, which was like, Hey, if we come on though, are we going to trigger anybody, especially in the veteran community that's struggling with post-traumatic or alcoholism or any of those mm-hmm. things? Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to trigger. I don't ever want us to trigger somebody because right, they may be yeah. following you guys because they like what your brand is. And then all of a sudden there's an alcohol thing that's thrown in that you guys are promoting if you they know, know us, if they've watched any of our episodes before, they know there's alcohol involved. <laughs> Literally, Buck is is a recovered alcoholic. Like he, the guy that was on that episode that was annihilated. Yeah, the best looking guest we've ever had. That's the electrician, forty right? and above. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no, actually, I don't know. Chad might give him a run for his money. Uh. But he's uh, in way better shape. I've, I've seen his I've seen his uh, shorts pictures on Instagram. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's thirsty trapped and hard, man. And uh, <laughs> he's smuggling some grapes or he's packing some heat down there. Jesus Christ, man! He <laughs> listens yeah, to the good. podcast. He's too, so, yeah. down there. Buck, yeah. it looks like you got a big dick, bud. <laughs> So, but it, so, so that's, um, that, that's, that's our deal and, and we're glad to help. And, you know, anybody that's hustling and small business, that's grinding, that may not have access to venture capital and things that, you know, that we, that we do, 
we just try to help out. And, um, and so we, and by us, you know, I, I can't remember how many followers Spencer had on his Instagram on Invicta before we got involved. And we started pumping that we were doing, like I said, we did three and a half million, you know, reach outs um, over the three months of the holidays and a Victor was in that rotation as well. So, and these were the, you know, targeted audience to pretty high net worth people that, that can afford 80 and $200 bottles. And so we were pumping, uh, the Invicta, um, you know, to our, our, all of our hunting people. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of uh, hunting guides and stuff who follow us. And some of our ambassadors you'll see on our, you'll see, um, Jedediah and, and some of them that, uh, Lindsay, who's super awesome. These are, these are people that are, you know, sponsored by some of the best brands on the world around hunting and, and fishing. And that crosses over to the military group a lot as well. And so, um, we're just trying to do anything we can to help Spencer and his, the coffee's good. Um, and so he grinds out and, and so that's, you know, same thing with, again, you know, Spencer in California, same, same thing. They, they grind him and Paul. Um, and so we're, we're all for helping, helping them. They've helped us so much. We, I, we have people that order online and, and they tell us it's from, it's from, you know, potty mouth podcast and all that stuff. So we're in debt to these, to these people as well. Yeah. And it's, it's good it's good that like, you know, Austin and I have talked about this quite a bit on the podcast and, you know, we'll bring it up again for the heck of it. There's a lot of like negative condensation that goes with social media. And there's also like a 180 side of it where you get these incredible connections that, you know, businesses help other businesses out and, they're doing it not necessarily for a monetary gain, but just for the fact that they believe in the other person's company or they support that person. And it's just nice that there's people out there that you can connect with and have all these connections with. And uh, I don't know, like I'm very happy that we kind of like formed some sort of, what do we call it? We called it instead of like a partnership, we called it a friendship, like a, I thought we were getting married, but um, yeah. I mean, no. like Amanda might get jealous <laughs> as fuck, but <laughs> my wife, my wife would be like, "You can have them." I've, I've, I'm done yeah, it twenty five like, years. But, so yeah, I've done it. It's enough. Um, no, just like you know, collaboration and stuff. I mean, you know, we yeah. we um, we just want to be able to help out. And again, like I mean, we're we're more honored, you know, that the military community is liking our stuff and supporting us. Mm-hmm. We know we're expensive. Um, we're not trying to be expensive for the sake of being expensive. That's like the worst, you know, a brand right. that comes out that that's no one's ever heard of. That's super expensive. That's like a death trap in the business world of, of, of what not to do. Um, but it's because of what we do and the products we use and the ingredients we put in there. And like you said, the, at the end of the day, the word delicious is our North star. So we don't, we don't chase, you know, recipes and things like that. We chase the word delicious. And when you can drink a 94 proof piece of alcohol, you know, granular alcohol, you can, you can drink 108 proof, which is what our blue label is. I mean, you go back to like wild Turkey 101 or Bacardi, you know, all those mm-hmm. back in the day where people would light flames and spit it out, catch on fire, but you drink our stuff and it tastes like it just is so smooth. The, the art that goes in the work that goes in to making super high proof bourbon taste super smooth and delicious that is the art and the craft of what we're into. And so, you know, this, this product here, um, that, that it took us over a year and a half to get this product right before we released it. Um, and you know, there's, there's, um, five different bourbons blended in here across four different grains, um, between corns and, and, uh, wheat and barley. Um, and we spent 18 months, we went through probably 120 different, you know, um, 
juices, which are called distillates, um, mm-hmm. and then oh, well over a thousand combinations to get it right. So you're talking like just methodical working, 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 mm-hmm. working, working to, to, to get it out. And so we're working on a rye product right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been six months and we've been at it, mm-hmm. I mean, for six months and it's just, it's just not right yet. So we're not, we're just, we just keep working. This is our labor of love. This is what we like to do. Um, right. So and it's not a bad thing to do. So we go out to the, out to the hill country in Texas and we, my partner and I and our distiller and we sit up there in, in the barn and um, you know, the views are, if you look on our Instagram, you'll see some of it. We don't really like to tell too many people where our distillery is. We're, we're not an open like tasting room. Um, mm-hmm. We don't bring people in. It's on a private property, but we try to keep our location somewhat uh, quiet because, you know, a bunch of Texas rednecks with uh, blow torches mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have that bourbon out there in no time. Um, but that's what we do. And this is like our labor of love. And it's how we de-stress from our jobs and how we, you know, try to just reconnect with, you know, our, our friendship and, you know, the, the environment and de-stress from everything for a little while. So we go up on weekends and, 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 and make bourbon, drink bourbon and have a good time. Hey, you can't have a bad weekend doing that. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> and well, you can, but it takes a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and that- one of the things that I also wanted to mention too, was, uh, you know, you and I started talking on Instagram and before you and I even discussed like doing anything like and meeting and everything, like I went out and actually purchased the bottle because I know which I appreciate. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things that like I appreciate the fact that you send us stuff too, but I want to go out there and actually like test the stuff because Spencer had already talked about you guys quite a bit. I'm a connoisseur of bourbons and whiskey myself, but I don't think I ever tasted anything that was at the level that you guys had to offer in the bourbon form. Like I've tasted some high end scotches and I don't know. It was one of those things that like, even with like Spencer with Invicta, uh, both his company and my company, we buy shit from each other because we're trying to support the other person's business because none of us are, are looking for, for free handouts and we also want to support each other. So for those of you who think I just got free whiskey all the time, I actually bought my first well, and, bottle from them. Well, and that's actually, and that's one of the reasons uh, as I pour another uh, deal here. And so um, that's one of the reasons I really liked it too, is because so many people ask us for free stuff. It's like everybody asks us for free stuff, right? Um, you know, and this, I, I always wore my uh, save our six shirt, which I'm wearing the shit out of. Um, but I bought oh, it. Yeah. Right? Just, I wore your sister now, though. Actually, I know. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But same thing. It's because everybody asks us for everything for free, and it's like, guys, we're trying to we're trying to make a living here too, right? We're, yeah, we're no all shit. To, like you can't just give you everything. That's right. If I give everybody something for free that asked for it, I'd be out of business. Um, but you know, because I actually saw you buy it, I was like, okay, so this guy's serious. That that took that meant a lot. It's a lot to buy an eighty dollar bottle of bourbon. I mean, it's a lot. That's it's it's expensive. I mean, people have you know running shoes that you know so. So it meant a lot to us. And so uh, I really appreciated that as well. And um, so, yeah. Um, we're going to get a hotel room soon, or are we just going to keep uh, having this love fest? I'm sure the audience is we're like, just uh... keep building it up. <laughs> we're going to just keep building it up until Amanda gets really jealous. Mm-hmm. As long as she doesn't break up with me over it, like we'll keep building it up. I, I think she's fine. We can talk about how you're drinking the bourbon, though, if you'd like. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I actually. So what? Let's, you got to go into the details on her. Yeah, you got the ice yeah, because I'm a bitch. Like, let's be honest, I'm a bitch. I 
I tried. All right. Explain I, the process. You can't drink it out of it. Actually, supposed to be drank. Yeah, you, you can't be drinking it out of Glen Karen's over here. Yeah, yeah, no, he's so, these are actually uh, these are Sister Dale. I don't know if you can see it, but these are actually mm. Sister Dale branded. So um, I need one of those. I'll buy one. Please send me one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, well, first off, what I would say is all kidding aside, because um, I did hear the one where you got really toasted and, and you were like, Chad's going to kill me. I'm like, first off, anybody um, who tells you how to drink bourbon is full of shit. Okay. So that's number one. You drink it how you like it. If you spend 80 bucks on, on a bourbon or 20 bucks on a bourbon, it doesn't matter. You drink it the way you want to drink it. So just don't, you know, drink it with me. <laughs> uh, so our bourbon, um, so we make it really to be neat. This is called neat, which means there's nothing in it. So, and I can talk a little bit about, um, if I don't, I can talk a little bit about what makes bourbon bourbon versus whiskey. We can get into that as well. Please, please do. Please do. Okay. I think it'd be interested, yeah. interesting for our okay, guests. Before you get into that are. though. Before you get into that, we should probably get into March for Miles. March for Miles. Yeah, because we got winners. We have some uh, Yeah, I guess out. we could announce them. Let's just make sure that we mark this area. That way we know where it's at. Um, you know what's funny, Rob, is he, he says we should do all these things. And I always notice you're the one doing everything. He's like, we should put that up, Austin. Can you put that up, Austin? Pretty much. That's pretty yeah, much how it goes. That. He gets drunk and you do all the uh, all the. Uh, Austin that's, does that's all the work. That's with ninety. Per, that's with ninety percent of his life. Yeah. I'm just yeah. the, the face of the he, podcast he, and the brand, and yeah, I'm just, just half yeah. the time. I mean, I make all of his merch. I do everything for the podcast. Yeah, I do everything. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm his executive assistant. Tattoos, a mullet, and like, yeah, I can't I, I provide that. Besides to Amanda because she's my girl. But I'm just saying, like, there are benefits of having me as a co-host. Is there? Yeah. I don't know. We're just jumping <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So my, All my, right, uh, uh, Austin. My... Like, let's let's go into March for Miles. Let's let's finish that off, and then I definitely want to get more information on how like whiskey bourbon's made and how it's actually supposed to be drank. You yeah. just drink it out of the bottle. Um... <laughs> you can. I mean, okay, so yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. So, March from Miles ended. Um, so we have two winners one that got a ridiculous amount of miles because he was an ultra runner, and, and the other one who is a friend of ours that did really good. So, the first place for men's is Charlie Godwin, which was what's her name, Kendra's dad. Can we see their Instagram mm -hmm. or do, do they, does he have an Instagram? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. I don't think he has an Instagram because okay. it's her dad. His, his daughter does. Yeah. Okay. And that's a hundred nine. He got 192.86 miles. God. And that's because he's an ultra runner. Yeah. But still, it's only dad. like I mean, 82 miles behind him. I should have been able to catch him. All right. Congratulations. What was his name? Yep. Charlie Godwin. Charlie yep. Godwin, I hope I hope you uh, I hope you're a bourbon drinker because you're gonna you're gonna get some good bourbon you're coming your way and I don't know all the prizes but I guess you'll get into that in just a second. Yeah, um, yeah, and we'll um, we'll either or I'll, we'll reach out to her and get the address and send it over to you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, and then the first place for women's is a friend of ours, which is Libby. Um, she yeah. got first place. She got first place for women's, and she How got many like, miles? 80, eighty-seven miles. She still beat me. <laughs> Libby's like I was trying. 
If you didn't do all your miles on the bike, Chad, okay. I took those out. That took out about half my mile. Where did I finish? Who was second and third? Let's, 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 do you have those? Let's Let's see. So second was not you, Chad. Uh, (laughs) So second was, second was George the Sailor. um, And he got 151.75 miles. He's the guy that I see marching on the deck. Yeah. He marches on the, on the, on the battleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the battleship. Yeah. Yeah. I see him. Yeah. Okay. He's an active duty uh, guy. Yeah. And then okay. for for women's the second place um, was Lisa Godwin, which is um, her mom was Kendra's mom. Wow, that's a heck wife of a family. Of first yeah. All right, and then and then and where third. where did Rob Rob is saying he got a hunt? Or go ahead and do third. Rob was third place. He's slacking us, right? That he's got 110 miles. So, okay. And then who yeah, was right. uh, where did I fall with my seventy nine or whatever? You fought in fifth place. Oh, all right. That's who's not bad who's for fourth? Um, Tommy. Fourth was your cousin Tommy. I, I, I'm pretty happy with that. Then I did well. Yeah, your cousin Tommy got fourth place, Rob. Okay, cool, cool, very okay. cool. All right. Well, get yeah. Let's get the. What else did they? What else are they winning? Don't they win some Petco and there's other sponsors, right? Yeah, we have Honest Petco, um, Honest Petco, Invicta, and then Saber Six and Vigilant Humble, and it's a fifty dollar gift card to each. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm having to run the show now. You see what I'm doing, Rob? I gotta like tell you guys. I gotta prompt you on the on the other 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 sponsors. I know. Jeez. So that's our first episode. I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> the Petco deal, though, they do that. They do stuff for military as well, right? Don't they do? Yeah, like, Ezra's a, Ezra's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he's been on the podcast. That was actually one of my favorite podcasts that we did. That was uh, family friendly, I think, except for the fact <laughs> that a naked baby ran onto the, the screen at one point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. You know, Honest Petco is a great company. They do. They give back to. Uh, First responders and military, yeah. and yeah. they've I'm followed them. And yeah, like I said that George guy, Ali loves everything. Yeah, George the sailor, the electrician. I, I see all these guys. They they all started following us, so I appreciate it. Um, and yeah. so if you if you hit us up on Instagram, you're talking to me. Uh, I'm the guy that that runs our Instagram. And so um, if you're ever you know you're looking at the marketing department, the social media department, the IT department, this is this is you're looking at everything. It. And <laughs> he will respond, and he will respond. Very okay, fast. So is that a, is um, that a dig, Rob? That you think I respond too much? I'm too thorough. Is that what you're saying? You're very thorough. I'm very thorough. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I can't though. keep. I, I'm like I can't keep up with this, Austin. Please talk to him. <laughs> like that yeah, that see. morning. That morning, you are such a morning person. Can we talk about morning person versus like night person? Sure. But honestly, I'm impressed. You're actually keeping up with us tonight. Like I feel like you're in this conversation. That first meeting we had, I was so happy that Amanda was there because I could not keep up. Like you, you're just on it. Like you know so much details about like what your company is, like what the vision is. Uh, you present numbers. You like it was just I could not keep up with you in the morning. I was like, I didn't have enough coffee for this meeting. But like you and Amanda like flowed off each other. Thank God she was there. <laughs> yeah, no. you're definitely. Well, first of all, it's two. It was two hour. You're a two hour time zone different, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit what you call high energy, and so which gets back to sort of like the grinding and the the hustle. Mm-hmm. If you want to run your own business, you know, and and 
you want to get ahead in life. It's not, you know, you're not going to do it by just working nine to five for somebody else. That's, yeah. It's hard. You can, it's really, really hard. Those days are kind of gone. You know, the, 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 the side hustles, the grinding, you know, the, the more that you, the more that you diversify your income and diversify your lives, the less dependent you are on one source. So if you lost your job because of COVID or you're relocated or you're laid off or the company gets merged or out of business or you get transferred, the more, the more diversified you are, the less stress you have at night. Um, well, maybe because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it comes with more stress, but when you get over the hump and it starts to produce, then it's like, you know, the more, the more spread out you are in life, the more even balanced you are um, and don't have all your eggs in one basket, the less, the less, the more diversified you are, the less risky you are for any one piece of your life to fall. That's then going to trigger you off, you know, to have some sort of major, major problem. So, no. um, and I know that from experience from having major problems and having, you know, major, you know, issues in my life. So, um, so that's why, that's why these side businesses and when I see people that are grinding, I mean, and, and working hard, it's, it's, you know, no one else is going to do it. You can sleep in your dead. Um, you know, and those people who want to be done at five o'clock and want to enjoy TV all night. Well, that's awesome, but you're never, you're not going to, you're not going to most likely be super successful. That, that doesn't, yeah. Elon Musk doesn't sleep. Those guys don't, those guys right. work around the clock. Now you got to have a work-life balance or you're going to burn out as well. And then you're going to lead into alcohol problem. I mean, so there's, there's a balance in all things in life. Um, yeah. but yeah, if I don't keep busy, uh, doing stuff, then, you know, that's, that's when, uh, that's when, that's when the darkness sets in. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest thing is. Um, a lot of people try to do it themselves and that's where they get burnt out um, because it's hard. It's hard to run a business on your own. It's hard to do everything by yourself. So you need, you know, someone to lean on or a team of people to help you. That's right. You have to know what you're strong at, what you're, what you're weak at. So like you yeah. and Rob, uh, I've got my Austin, his name's Peter. He doesn't ever come on in these uh, podcasts and um, <laughs> he doesn't want to be seen as what his picture taken. He's like, he's, you know, but he, he runs, you know, he's a lawyer by trade and, um, you know, his thing is I break shit and he fixes it. So, um, that's sort of, we're, we're sort of the same thing as you guys. So, you know, I enjoy being out talking and promoting and, and, um, he really is responsible for actually the taste profiles and all the nuts and bolts of the ingredients that go in with our distiller and, um, all of our, you know, that, that's what, that's what Pete likes doing. He likes being in, in the, just in the distillery in the middle of the whiskey. Um, mm -hmm. so do I, but I don't have attention to detail. So, He's uh, you know, so so you got to have people that you lean on that compliment you. Yeah. Any team, any team. Uh, military teaches that. Uh, high school sports, college sports, you know, any of those things that you do where you have to where you have to lean on somebody else. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, finding someone that compliments you. So but we can get into whiskey if you guys want to talk a little bit. I know we're yeah. an hour in, so uh, yeah. I mean, I said yeah. We're, go ahead. I mean, let's talk about let's talk about whiskey. Like, what's the difference? Um, why why whiskey? You know. Yeah. You know, well, first off, do you guys, do, 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 I can explain the difference between bourbon, scotch, and whiskey if you want to know that first off. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people please. know that. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, I am no expert, even though I'm in the business. There's, there's, there's going to be <laughs> I somebody. You were the out only there. expert. No, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to, who's going to chime in on Instagram or something that's going to correct me or tell me I'm wrong <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Uh, fine. You're, you know, tater head somewhere that, 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 you know, whatever. So, um, Again, go back to do what you like. If you pay for it, you drink it the way you, you, do, you know, drink it the way you want it. So, but so everything is uh, whiskey is a big, is the top category. Okay. Um, inside of whiskey, there are two subcategories. Um, generally there's scotch and there's bourbon. And the way I describe this to people is if you think about coffee, right? So if you think about a, a, you know, vanilla latte, 
right? Uh, or a, a cappuccino, right? If you think about a glass with, with, you know, you got milk steamed in there, you've got maybe got some sugar, some vanillas, you got some whatever you want to put in there. And then at the very bottom, you got this espresso shots, right? So bourbon is the espresso shots. Mm-hmm. Whiskey is the top line coffee category. So everything's sort of whiskey. You can manipulate whiskey, you can do different things with it. But when you get into the down into bourbon and scotch, scotch is from Scotland, bourbon is from America. It does not have to be from Kentucky, which is a, a lot of people think it is. That's not true. It's an American regulated product. Scotch right. is a Scottish regulated product. Because yeah. if, if, if it's scotch, it has to be made in Scotland, correct? Um, I'm not an expert on scotch, but um, mo- I'm not an expert on scotch. So I don't know if it has to be made in Scotland, but I've, I don't know any that's not made uh, 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 not made in Scotland. It's a product of Scotland. So it's right. their regulated product, but it has peat in it versus. Mm-hmm. So, so let me kind of walk through this. Right. So whiskey is, you know, the top category. So you have crown royals and you have these different things that where people take whiskey and they put it in port barrels and wine barrels and all this sort of stuff. But as you roll down into bourbon and scotch, those are very specific products. I'll talk about bourbon because that's what I know about. Bourbon, inside of this bourbon bottle, okay, there's only like, there's four things. There's grains, okay, and bourbon, I won't go into all this regulatory things, but it has to be 51% corn. There's, there's certain grains that you can use that you, that you can and can't use, things like that. So, But bourbon has to be 51% corn. But in this bottle right here that you just said tastes so awesome, tastes so smooth, tastes so sweet, so delicious. You know, people get in and they go, oh, it's like a creme brulee and all this kind of bullshit. But what you got inside of it is grain. You got water, okay? You've got wood, the barrel, and you've got temperature and time. That's all that's inside of here. So when you drink it at the beginning, Austin, you go, wow, super delicious, like so smooth, so sweet. We did all of that with grain, water, wood, and temperature. That's it. And the temperature is, is controlled by God, not even controlled by us. I mean, yeah. we don't, we don't write, our barns have no temperature, no air conditioning. If it gets hot outside, um, our product that we released in uh, last summer went through a two-week freeze. It was below 13 degrees for over two weeks. It should blow about 28 degrees, but it hit 13. And so for two weeks straight, and we thought the pro- we were like, oh, well, let's see what it does. And it took some product that we had with some barrels that we actually were going to throw away. We we're going to just dump. Um, and it turned it into some beautiful product, the freeze. Um, we had this long freeze two years ago. I don't know you guys saw, probably saw on CNN and all that stuff where all of Texas was shut yeah. down. That took three barrels, three, you know, 160 gallons of product that we were just like, I was just sitting on. Didn't know, you know, we, we made it, we mixed it, didn't really like it. And now it's like, it's, maybe a, a special single barrel release that we do, that's actually going to be probably pretty expensive. So, so that's what, that's, that's what temperature can do. So if you think about coffee, right. And you have really good beans, which in here you can have really good grains, but you have shitty water. If you take ditch water and you put it through your coffee makers, that, that stuff's going to taste like crap. Vice versa. If you take what we use, which is heart water, this is uh, I don't even see the brand. This is, and they don't, they don't pay me. We, but we, we use the, this is a Texas rainwater. This is harvested out of mm-hmm. Austin, Texas and never touches the ground. Um, these people are really awesome. They do a ton of mental health stuff too. Um, and so they, they have recovery centers that like a hundred something recovery centers in Texas. Um, but this is called heart water. And what it is, is, is rainwater that's harvested and never touches the ground. They go through all these purifications. It's very, it's pretty expensive. We actually finish off all our bottles with rainwater. We don't use tap water, city water. 
So stay with me, right? Coffee, if you have really good, really good grains and beans, but you have shitty water or vice versa. If you have Fiji water and really shitty grains, really shitty corn, cheap corn that was burned or in through droughts, then, you know, your coffee is not going to taste good. You got to have both good beans, good water, right? And then you have to have a good temperature. If you run coffee at 200 degrees versus 60 degrees, that coffee is going to taste different. You can burn it or yeah. you can you cannot cook it at all. It doesn't open up. So these are the things that go in with bourbon, very similar, right? It's just like a, a stew. If you have badass filet mignon steak, but you have ditch water that you're using to cook your, your, your soup in, it's going to taste like crap. If you put Fiji water in a soup and then you put shitty ass steak in, it's going to taste like crap. So you have yeah. to have all these things have to hit in order for the product to be to taste the way you want it to taste. There's no sugar in here. There's no, there's nothing in here that makes it smooth. There's no, whereas like Crown Royal or a Canadian whiskey, a whiskey, you can blend it with stuff, port, wine, tequila. You can put it in barrels that have sugary wine in it. You can do all those things to whiskeys. This is a cap is an espresso. This is nothing in it, but this is just the pure bourbon and it's regulated by the government as to what it can and can't be. And if you change it, if I put the, in the wood, for example, there's a certain type of wood that you have to use, a certain type of tree that you have to use in order for bourbon. Whiskey, I can use any barrel I want. Bourbon, a subcategory, has to be virgin white oak barrels. And once you use them, you can't reuse them. So I can't, I have to use brand new barrels. <laughs> we get into charring and all the stuff on the inside, the burning and all that stuff. Um, but you have to use brand new barrels and I can never reuse them. I can never put that whiskey back into a, a used barrel or it becomes whiskey. I lose my bourbon category. I lose my bourbon uh, uh, tag. So that's a very crash course, high level of bourbon. Mm -hmm. uh, and scotch is the same thing. Scotch is heavy, heavy peat instead of heavy corn and wheat, right? What's, and we've got what's peat? What's peat, peat is a grass. It's a, it's a, it's like a grass seed that they use that they grow over in Scotland. So if you actually ever go to any scotch, again, I'm not a scotch expert. So anybody who's listening who's a scotch expert, <laughs> I'm not a scotch expert. I'm not a tequila expert. I'm not a beer expert. You're, you're going to know more than me in those spaces. Um, but it's, you'll see them. They're actually chopping this like muddy peat and it's got this grass in it. And that's mm -hmm. the peat. It's the, it's the grain they use. We use two different types of corn. Um, I'm not going to say the corns. We don't give out a recipe, but one of them is a, is a very rare, hard to get corn. Um, we use wheat and we use a little bit of barley. And that's, those are the four grains that we use in our product. Okay. And then, yeah. And then uh, I, you guys. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good. No, um, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like in my personal opinion, like I, I think it's really cool that you're actually like detailing everything because it, it explains it like breaking it down that way. Um, brings it to a more, I guess like palatable understanding of what it is because that was one of the things that that's confused me because you know like I'll drink like Angel's MB or something like that and now it makes sense why they're whiskey because they're actually able to you know like change their barrels and stuff where you are that's right you're gonna stick with a certain type of uh barrel the white oak mm -hmm. that's right and now then, um yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna ask. So, so what? How do you like? Because you have a ninety-four proof and then a hundred and eight proof. So yeah, that, yeah. Explain that, that. Like from. Yeah, because you you showed me that a little bit. Because you you had like a sample for me that was like what one hundred and fourteen or one hundred and nineteen. Uh, like I think that. I gave you one hundred and sixteen, hundred eighteen. Uh, so okay, crazy. Yeah, so that came straight from the barrel. So um, 
and yeah, you'll see us every now and then on our, our, our Instagram, you'll see us drilling a hole with the, you know, drill and pouring straight from the barrel and, and, uh, pull, pulling out. So what you're getting into, um, we can talk about proofing and then we can talk about cask strength. Let's start with cask strength. We'll start from the top and work our way down. So cask um, is straight from the barrel, correct? Yes. In, in general, um, okay. cask strength, the cat, the barrel is the cask. Um, and so the reason I'm pausing is because there's some marketing bullshit that goes on. That's, that's uh-huh. stuff that's maybe like 105 proof and they call it cast strength, but it wasn't really casting. It's just super, you know, super aggressive on the proofing. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of bourbons are in the eighties. Um, and so what, what you do when bourbon is, um, is hot or strong medicinal, the afterburn, the ethanol burn, all the stuff you're talking uh-huh. about, Austin, what you normally drink, the yeah. way you get around a uh, cheaper I should, I should say cheaper because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to diss anybody else's product. There's a lot of great, <laughs> there, by the way, there's a lot of, there's a lot of $20 bourbon. I drink, I've got a, you can't see my whiskey collection over here, but I drink 20, $30 bottles all, all the time. So it's not a matter of price. It's a matter of ingredients and, and quality and what they're doing. But the way that you soften a whiskey or a bourbon is by either putting water in it and you proof it down, right? You recask it. And put it in some barrel that the wood. So when so when when wood the barrels think of like these are like the, what's called like uh, the the stives of the barrel, mm-hmm. okay. And they're all round. This is like the inside of a barrel, right? So they're all they're sort of like round. But inside, what happens is as as wood gets hot, okay, it starts to open. The pores of the wood open, right, and so the liquid goes in, okay. So in the summertime, bourbon's going into the wood. Wood has sap and natural sugars and sweetness in it, right? That's that's what that's all you taste in here. The sweetness you taste in here is from our grains and from the wood. And then when it gets cold, right, the wood closes and pushes the bourbon out. So it's coming in and out, in and out, 10 years, 12 years, you know, 14 years, eight years, whatever it is, right? Whatever you're aging it to, to when the baby's ready. So a, a, a particular product, there's no, it doesn't matter if it's two years or 10 years, it's when it tastes good for us. But that's what's going in the wood, in and out, in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. When it sits in that barrel, okay, um, it's the longer it sits, the older the barrel, the older the bourbon, the higher proof of alcohol it gets. The concentration goes up. So you start getting bourbon that's in the 110s, 120s in the barrel. Now, bourbon mm-hmm. has some regulations that it has to go in at a certain proof and it has to come out at a certain proof. You can't go above a certain proof. Then you're just getting into like, you know, kerosene or some shit, you know. So there's <laughs> right. regulations that require that. Um, so there's for bourbon. And so you have to keep it. So there's all these regulations around bourbon, which is why bourbon is expensive is because it's, it, you have to do a whole lot to it to keep it pure. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with same thing with scotch. So in the barrel, it's running, you know, 110 to 120. I mean, we have some that are 120, you know, we, we have some that's a little bit higher than that, but you want, you know, but then you get it, if it gets, starts getting too high of ethanol and too high of a proof, it starts to, it can start to taste bad. It can start, you can start to overdo the product. And it starts to take taste woody and it starts to get really, really thick in the mouth. So depending on what you're going for, some people love that. So there are people out there, bourbon hunters who like cask strength bourbon. They like high proof bourbon. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they want to drink fire. That means they want to drink a really good high proof bourbon that is completely drinkable, right? That tastes awesome. It's a Ferrari. It's a fast car. That's super comfortable to drive. Right. Maybe that's an example. Sports cars aren't that comfortable, but this, this 108, this 108 proof, right. That we have and the 94 proof. So our 94 proof starting out this white label, this is already, you know, five to 10 
percentage alcohol percentage proof by volume higher than most people drink. Most people enjoy a smoother tasting, less burning bourbon. And that's why it's in the eighties because more people can drink it. If you can get a high proof bourbon that, that is enjoyable. Now you've hit something. Now you're, mm-hmm. now you're going to drive people crazy. It's a badass sports car that drives like a Mercedes or, you know, I'm going to get on my car guy. So I'm, people are probably going to chime in and say that this is a terrible <laughs> example. Um, but it's, it's a badass car that's comfortable to ride. That's, Mm. that's the art. And so when you can get a product that is super high proof coming out, you know, at at 108, 110, you know, anything over a hundred and it's, and you can tolerate it and not have to put a fire extinguisher in your mouth, then people go nuts. That's the Holy grail. People are going after it. And that's what we seek to do because we enjoy a high proof bourbon. So we've made this bourbon for ourselves. Um, and, and it's not for everybody. It's not for, it's not for everybody. Um, and so that's, so that's cask strength. So what I did for Rob, when he came down to Houston, I have, we're always pulling samples and tasting them and stuff. So I brought him some stuff straight from the barrel, which we, I like to drink straight out of the barrel. So when I'm at the distillery, I'll actually just pop in, pull it out and pull it right into my glass and I'll sip on 118 to 120 proof bourbon while we're at the distillery working. Um, but that's me. Some people hate that. And it's, it doesn't mean one's right or the other. It's you just like what you like. So what Rob's doing by putting ice in his glass is he's bringing down, he's cooling. And I don't mean cooling because it's cold, but there's some, but he's watering. Mm-hmm. That, that ice is melting off in the glass and it's proofing down the bourbon. It's pulling it down some. So he doesn't necessarily like a high proof bourbon, but he likes our taste, but he needs it to come down a couple of gears. He needs it to drop down 10 miles an hour in the car. Mm-hmm. So he's taking it from fifth gear to fourth gear right? That's what he's doing. He's pulling it down. And so you just, it depends what some people like, you know, angels envy, they've got high proof. They got mid proof. It depends on what you like. So I don't know. I'm on a tangent there. So you guys can interrupt me and tell me. Oh, no, 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 no. To, to me, it's all fascinating. And like some of the stuff you've already went over with me and, you know, we had talked a couple of days ago about like, what we were going to talk in the podcast about. And like, this is definitely one of those areas. I think people that like, enjoying whiskey bourbon scotch or whatever will find interesting so mm-hmm. at minimum i'm a fan of the information so yeah, thank you thank yeah. you for so that's so that's the that's the cask strength and and you know um it doesn't make you a better whiskey drinker or more sophisticated because you like higher proof whiskey it doesn't again anybody tells you how to drink whiskey you pay for it you drink the way you like it just don't right. put coke in our stuff because you're wasting your money you could put coke in a, a I, half creek i have to have ice it's okay. just Hey, it you tastes, know, drink it. tastes like I'm trying to think. So, like, the taste is good. Let's do. Hey, let's do I this think real it quick, goes Bob. into what you're saying, huh? Let's Go do ahead. this. You, you two guys, take take first off, take it. Okay, take get your bourbon, Austin. You got mm-hmm. some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, first thing, this put it to your nose and open I your mouth and, and breathe in. Should I take nose. my ice cube out? No, no, it's already there. Okay. So what so am I doing? Breathing with your breathing with your mouth closed first, Austin. Yeah, is yours all watered down too? Do you got a bunch of ice in yours? Of course, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, so, yeah, no. Dump, what am I doing? Because I just finished my second yeah. glass. I was okay, supposed to only have one. Damn it, Rob! <laughs> right, I'm gonna tell you guys. So take take a take a fresh glass. Take that ice out of there, and take take a whatever you're gonna do. Put Austin. I don't see you falling along here. Oh, mm. good ice. <laughs> yeah, Rob. Pour some, pour some fresh. I know you're just drinking water now. You're drinking like 75, 80 proof, like watered down nothing. Go pour that right. out. Austin. I have fresh. Okay. I have nothing yeah, in, fresh there. in there. It's a fresh glass. It's a cold okay. glass, but it's a fresh. That's glass. fine. 
So pour some bourbon in there, and I'll I'll go white label since you guys are doing it. Right? Okay, okay, how much? Like I'll, a, I'll have to go get a some. little Peter bit. Little, Mine's in my kitchen. Right. Are you gonna participate, Austin? Or uh, uh, I have to go get, have to get some. We'll kitchen. Let's fucking right. go! <laughs> Hurry Austin, up, Austin! All right, we'll wait for him for All a right. sec. Okay, we can do that. But, so, yep. We'll wait for him. We'll talk about something else for a minute or two. But we can talk about the regulations, the the hustle. Yeah, the yeah, That's yeah. Talk really about to... talk about like the ATF stuff mm -hmm. and a couple of things you were telling me when we met for the first time. Our listeners might be interested in that too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I listen to you guys and it's about the grind and the hustle and people are trying to start their own businesses and things like that. And so, you know, it's not easy uh, to, do, to do that, but the, re the amount of regulations that go in from uh, the federal government to prevent people, right? These go back to the old blue laws. I'm, did you guys have blue laws? Were you, I'm a Texan. I'm a Southern Bible Belt. Okay. No, so blue laws that? were back in the day when you couldn't be open on Sunday. Nobody could be open on Sunday because you had to be at church. It's called blue law. So oh. in the South, a lot of in the South, um, you, you know, you had a lot of laws going back to prohibition that, you know, mm -hmm. that was sort of syntax, right? So gambling, tobacco, drinking, you know, bars, things like that, that were sort of, you know, the sins of the time uh, and they were heavily regulated. So if you wanted them, you could do them, but they're expensive and it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of uh, work. So I was fortunate enough to partner with my best friend who happens to be a, a lawyer. And so, you know, it, it takes probably, you know, a quarter of a million dollars in legal and in, in time to get a, a license to operate a distillery. Um, mm -hmm. And you have to be federally regulated, um, you know, by, by TTB, which is a, a version of the, um, uh, I think it's IRS. They have TTB, which is tobacco. And anyways, like, I don't know the acronyms, my, my partner does. And then once you get regulated by the federal government, you have to then go get regulated by the state. So that's, uh, that's uh, you know, the uh, Texas Alcohol, TABC, Texas Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, um, which participated with the ATF on the, on the Waco raids. So you'll see them when, whenever some redneck, on, you know, barricades himself in a hill uh, with guns and explosive. That's the, uh, that's the ATF and the in a, in a TABC, which is the alcohol licensing uh, group. Um, and so you got to get regulated there and then you got to go get county approval and you have to post these signs that are huge that say for like two months, it says we intend to distill alcohol on this property. If you have any, any issues whatsoever, please call this number and raise a protest. So they make it very difficult for people to get into manipulating in uh, alcohol, which is called rectifying, which is messing with alcohol or distilling. Uh, we, we have a license to allow us to distill, which is fresh from, from the grain to glass. And then you also have rectifying, which is taking other bourbons and mixing them and making something out of them. And you have to be licensed to do both of them. You can't handle big volumes of alcohol without having a license. Both okay, federal and state and county. Okay. And then you were talking about like the issues you had with the ATF. Or we didn't have any issues process, with the ATF. Process, process with the ATF? <laughs> yeah, well, in, in TTB, the, fe the federal agency that regulates the alcohol and distilleries, it, we didn't really have it wasn't so much issues. It just takes a long time. It, you know, it took about two years of, of legal, you know, processes and licensing and uh, FDA approval. And, you know, we'll be out at our, we'll be out at our, at our barn working and we'll have someone pull up and they'll have a gun and a badge on them and they're going to do an inspection. How and stuff like that. that. Pretty, uh, uh, you know, once, twice a year, oh, um, okay. they just show up, they just show up and do, do an inspection. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't show up announced. 
<laughs> no, not, not at all. So, uh, and they, they show up and, and, you know, they're licensed and they're looking for you to be doing bad shit with alcohol. I mean, alcohol, oh. tobacco, firearms, explosions. I mean, they, all these things happen, bad things oh, happen yeah. with all this kind of stuff. Right. And so you have to, and all kidding aside, you have to really, you have to really, you know, we're making a product that people are consuming and you're putting this in your body. And if somebody gets yeah, oh, sick yeah. or dies, right, then, then we're liable for that. And so yeah. you have to really, you know, sanitation. I mean, you can't just, you know, this moonshiner shit that you see on TV, you know, there's certainly that stuff people drinking out of a jug, but that's not oh, going to yeah. go on any shelf anywhere. You, 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 no. This is like, you know, this is a federally regulated, state regulated, county regulated, health inspector regulated. And you have to, in order to get into this business, you got to be ready for a two year, you know, quarter of a million dollar uh, proceedings to, to mm -hmm. do it. So anyways, so I just thought as you know, as people that, are, that may not be into bourbon, but are into starting their own businesses and things like that, there's, there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of stuff that goes into this and building a brand and, and those sort of things. So but let's get to the fun stuff. So um, I'm going to show you a different, couple of different ways that you can, that you can, um, you know, s sort of smell. By the mm -hmm. way, anybody tells you how to smell bourbon and all this kind of, again, they're, they're just so full of shit. Like it, it, it's, it doesn't matter. Okay. But I'm going to show you a couple of tricks that you can do that, that kind of, smell or taste differently so austin still doesn't have it for i do i do now waiting on austin okay I'll see what you go through. all right so first just close your mouth and just smell like you normally would right just take it and like really get a good smell in right and so what happened i smell like i smell ethanol it hit your <laughs> eyes it smells smell? like almost like caramel and like almost like almost like caramel popcorn or like that's funny you say that so that's uh popcorn with some spice is actually yeah. part of, part of the tasting notes. it's a sweet yeah again there's no sugar in there there's nothing in here okay that's crazy now, now take it okay open your mouth like this just go and then smell in it's a whole different smell not drink well, it, would you Bob. describe it as awesome Rob, Rob, smell it, not drink it. O open your mouth and take a big whiff. <laughs> he opened his Rob's mouth. Rob's like, shoot it, okay. <laughs> he opened his mouth and poured alcohol in. Uh, <laughs> do you smell that difference? You get that? Yeah, it did does that, smell Did the alcohol burn go away? You smell how sweet <laughs> yeah. it is? Yeah, there's a whole different smell when you actually open your mouth. There you go. It's so not as strong. Like when, you have your, when you have your mouth closed, it's a lot sh sharper and stronger yep. when you open yep. your mouth it's a lot softer so you can do that with yeah. wine you can do that, but that that gets you a much deeper sensory smell of it now, now, does, now taste it now does aerating go into a bourbon or is that just a wine thing we I, i've never seen anybody aerate bourbon oh I, yeah i don't know i because i've heard of like sloshing around in your mouth to get like well that's because you're hitting your different tongue pieces so take take a sip the way you would normally take it right so just take a sip the way you drink it don't think about it just do it you're, you're sloshing. You don't drink it that way, Austin. You just drink it and slam it. Yeah, now you're true. sloshing because you're on camera. So when you take <laughs> it and you, you swash it, you're going to hit the sides of your tongue, mm -hmm. you hit the front of your tongue, you hit the roof of your mouth. I mean, as the bourbon's going down, all these things, obviously. And you'll get it in the throat, right? So that's called mm -hmm. the mouthfeel, the throat. All, again, you don't, right. you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to know any of this shit. Anybody like listening, watching, you, you don't have to know any of this stuff to enjoy bourbon. So you not drink you'll it. You'll, as you slowly drink it, though, you'll start to taste, especially with no ice in it, just straight. You'll get it and you'll, you'll, you'll hit both sides of your tongue. You'll hit different things. It may, you may get some up in your sinuses. 
It'll come down your throat, all those things. What it should do is not burn. That's the, the burning is the, is to get burning away at this proof is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. That's what we spend a lot of time. That's what we spend a year and a half on. Now, do you have a, do you have your ice there or, or water? So what I do is a trick I've shown, I've shown Rob, this is, so you can take this. This is again, this is just Texas rainwater. There's nothing in this. And you can literally, what I would do, you just put drops. Drops. So literally, right. it's just a couple. Of, you, oh, you probably can't see. You literally just go like that, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you swirl it, okay? And I wish y'all were doing this. I should have told you ahead of time because you would taste the whole difference uh, in it. So now, when you when you drink it, it actually opens it up. It opens it up and it makes it sweeter right, it's for hours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not putting ice in it. I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm, I'm diluting Smart. it, you know, by 10% yeah. or whatever uh, of, and I'm using rainwater. I'm not using faucet water. I'm not using well water. I'm not using, I was gonna that's that's water. if you got an $80 bottle of bourbon and you, and, and you're out in the rural parts of Texas and you, you know, and you put a, you put well water in it with lots of minerals and, you know, calcium and all that shit, it's going to, you just, you just threw ketchup all over a really good steak, you know, so you can, you can, you can really fuck it up. Mm-hmm. it's incredible that like you know all this stuff i, I mean kind of has to because he makes this product <laughs> i didn't know this has been something we've learned i mean we were just we were just drunks that like bourbon and so what you know, made, so what was like what was the moment like the aha moment like we're gonna get into bourbon um well there wasn't like an aha moment it was a process you know mm-hmm. so um I had some friends and we, that, that were in sort of in the bourbon distilling, they had some recipes and some things. And we started off kind of talking with them about um, working with them. It didn't work out with those guys. And so we ended up, you know, continuing down and found a new distiller and, and some stuff like that. So we, um, we started off with sort of, you know, having friends who were in, who really liked it and, and, and thought we could help them, you know, with all the other stuff uh, that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that just sort of launched us off into this, into this path. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it was really, it was really a chance for so my partner, Pete, um, you know, we've been, mm-hmm. we've been best friends since, since 13 years old. Um, okay. And we, you know, went to college and, and then sort of had our families and kids, you know, there's a good 10, 15 years of, you know, where you're sort of out doing kids stuff and raising kids and your life mm-hmm. and paying your mortgage and, working on your career and right. you know spring breaks and summer trips and all that kind of stuff. And then your kids start to get where they're, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, they start to kind of where they're now on getting on their own and doing their own stuff and they don't need you as much. And so then it's like, okay, well now I don't want to just be a dad all day. I want to now mm-hmm. go back to like, what, what do I want to do as a person again? And, you know, and, right. and you're sort of that second career. And so that's, this was a chance for us to get together and, and do something we really liked. And his family had the property and, he was a lawyer and I'm in sales and marketing. So it just kind of all just like, you know, smashed together and we ended up, uh, you know, doing this thing. So. Okay. And then um, is there, is there any future plans for sister Doe you can talk about? Nope. We're closing shop tomorrow. Give me the last year barrels. <laughs> Give us, just send us the barrels. <laughs> yeah. We, um, so um, yeah. So we've, so these two products are, you know, our white and our blue, which I keep showing, you know, I can see them. Yeah, Think yeah. about it this way. If these two, I'm going, I'm going off camera. There we go. If these mm-hmm. two smash together, okay, this, you know, high end, high expensive brute proof product smash together and had a baby, kind of a rebel wild child. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if they had, 
you know, um, a younger, less mature festival day drinker kind of product, maybe mm -hmm. that's we've been on that path lately. Um, and so we've been working to kind of find so is that going to be a, is that going to be a lower proof? It will be, it'll be a lower proof. It'll be a lower price point. If we can, so all these things I'm saying, I'm going to tell you, so we're working on like three things right now. Um, and none of them are guarantees. If, if they don't right. taste delicious, we're not going to put it out. Right. Um, you're not gonna but, yeah. So we're working on sort of a, a day drinker for those, uh, products, uh, that you could, you know, take it, put in your pack, you could throw some Coke in it. If you want, you could, you know, do throw ice in it, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's not the sophisticated bourbon. It's more of a day drinking bourbon, but still really high quality bourbon. You know, Knob yeah. Creek's one like that. Angels Envy has it. High West. There's a lot of really good Buffalo Trace has a lot of really good products. Weller that are sort of these $30, $40, really good products. Um, the second thing we're working on is a rye, which I am really after. I'm kind of spearheading that. My, my partner doesn't really like rye that much. I love it. <laughs> um, so me and our distiller uh, are working on a rye. It's been six months. Um, I almost brought some for Rob to taste, um, but it's just not ready yet. So we haven't got it there. We're, 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 we're close. We're probably 70, 80% there. Um, and so, you know, the first products took us a year and a half to get there. So we'll see. Um, we're trying to get it out by summer. If we can, if we can get it right, we'll do it. Um, but the baby comes out when the baby's ready, right? You give birth when it's ready. Um, and then we're working on some, um, we're going to call this distiller experimental series, um, and these will be like a red label product for us that is sort of, um, you know, two or three barrels that we have that taste a certain way and we'll, we'll put them out sort of, you know, once, twice, three times a year that, it, that okay. may not taste the same year, you know, release after release, but it's sort right. of our, it's like when you go into a chef and say, you know, let the chef choose what I'm going to eat tonight. That's what we're going to do, you know, maybe once or twice a year. Um, and only put out, you know, a thousand bottles or something like that. Of right. It. Um, Those are going to be like limited edition, special collection. Yeah. And, and you know, we're trying not to make it where it's like expensive, like super, you know, limited edition, barrel select, all that kind of crap that everybody, because oh, yeah. we, we really want to enjoy our product. <laughs> and, and these will be sort of single barrel or a grouping of a couple of barrels yeah. that don't quite taste like blue label, don't quite taste like white label. We may manipulate them a little bit, you know, you know, mess with them, rectify them a little bit, proof them down, um, mm -hmm. and then put them out as sort of our experimental, you know, bourbon. So we're kind of working on a green label, which is the rye, red label, which is the experimental, and then some version of this white and blue if they had a younger product. So that's what we're working on. Okay. And then are you always going to stay on bourbon or are you going to go in your other track? Um, right now, we're only interested in bourbon. Um, okay. We're, we're, so this is another lesson, right? Like it's so tempting to go do vodkas and gins because, you know, right. all these other things. There's plenty of other people that are way ahead of us that do that. And we're not, we're a craft distillery. So right. um, we're not, we're not a, we're not, you know, it's like a craft beer, you know, we're not mm. Jack Daniels. There's, there, we're so far, that's 200 years ago. So we're so far behind that, that we're not trying to do that. We just want to make our stuff um, and, and make it for the people. We make it for ourselves first. We hope right. we can sell enough that people care about it to, to pay for yeah. our alcohol problem uh, and keep <laughs> drinking. But that's, that's really what we do. So we really do make this for ourselves. And, and if, if Pete and I won't drink it, and we say this all the time, if we won't drink it, and if I wouldn't pay $80 for it, I'm not going to ask you to. So right. that's what we're behind. We're not, we don't need, we're not doing this to get rich. Um, we'd love to, if somebody wants to buy us, we'd be happy, happy to talk because <laughs> um, we're not in it, not, we're not in it to be poor either. But right. this is just like Invicta, the Invicta coffee stuff. I mean, this is like something we like doing and we really, you know, we do it for ourselves at this point in our lives because it's something we want to drink. 
if it tastes like shit, if it's a fraud, if it's burning, if it's, if it's overpriced, like we're not, we're just not going to do it. There's plenty of that on the market already. You don't need us mm-hmm. to do it. I don't need, I don't need to spend my nights on podcasts at almost 10 o'clock at night uh, to, to give you <laughs> shitty product that you could buy already. Right. Right. You know, for sure. Okay. And then, so what's sidetrack? So let's get into Chad. So you said you do AI, right? AI software. I do. Yeah. I work for uh, software companies. I do startups um, is my day job and my lifelong, um, you know, career. Uh, and I do, I do, uh, you know, sales and marketing distribution and, and go to market around, you know, companies that are launching products um, around artificial intelligence is what I do. Now I used to do cybersecurity, which I know Rob is in. Uh, yeah. And then prior to that, I did, you know, uh, systems management stuff. So Rob's okay. taken off his, I think Rob's quitting. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> no, yeah, he has to take Ali out. He'll be back. Am, am I the new? Am I the new full-time host? Uh, how long he'll be gone is uh, who knows. I mean, he's broken, so he could be gone for five minutes or two hours. He is a, he is a broken man. <laughs> so he, does he just so, yeah. normally get up in the middle of podcast and walk out? Is that is that what no, he does? He's, no, he, he sent me a message saying he had to take Ali out. Oh, it says pray for me. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're yeah, we are yeah. an hour and thirty minutes in. So, yeah. What is the record? What is the record uh, length y'all have done? I think two and a half hours. Oh, okay. So we, everybody, we will not go two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So me, uh, I'll give you a quick rundown of me. I mean, so I, you know, I'm a uh, fifth generation native Texan. So if you ever find a native Texan, you ask them about Texas, it's like you, you just open a can of worms. It's going to go on for the next, you know, three, four hours. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm born and raised in Texas um, and three kids. Uh, my oldest is a is in college at Texas Tech University. He loves the fact that I have a bourbon business. Uh, his fraternity he loves uh, business and finance and okay. uh, real estate. And yeah, yeah. Same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to school for partying, drinking, and having a great time on dad's of, time. Of course, of course. He's, he's living the best life that, that I can afford for him is, is what he's... Right, right. Yeah. So, gets, and then I have... all uh, the suburban. <laughs> yeah. They, they keep asking for it. I'm like, I'm not giving you... I'm not, I'm not having you guys chug my shit and coke at the fraternity house. Like, that's not happening. Right. Um, and then I have a junior in high school, and then I have a boy, and then I have a, uh, a 14-year-old daughter who is also driving me into drinking, so... Um, for all of you, dad, uh, you know, especially dads out here. <laughs> it's tough. It's really freaking. They're, 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 so what I what I call children is social terrorists. So for all your military people out there, you'll enjoy this. Um, Rob's never heard me say this. So this would be a good one. Um, but so kids are like terrorists, right? So they embed themselves in the community, which is your house and your, you know, they endear themselves. They look like everybody else. They come and go every day. They have, you know, they, they sort of look like normal people passing through. And just when you get comfortable, bam, a car bomb goes off, right? An explosion happens, right? That's particularly my daughter, right? So some emotional outburst happens, right? It's like, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm going to this, or I'm fat, or I'm this, or I'm ugly, or nobody, you know, all these things, right? They just, you know, just explode, right? And so, um, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where do they come from, right? There was the enemy right below your nose. You didn't even see them, right? They're right there. Um, so that's, that's kids. They're social terrorists and um, they take their toll on, on the community around. So, yeah. So for all you out there who don't have kids, uh, you, don't, you know, there's your warning for all you who have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't, me, me and Rob don't have kids, so I, I yeah can't relate <laughs> okay so um and then 
I think, like I said, I think AI is super fascinating, especially with yeah. the world, especially the world we live in today. Yep. Um, do you, what are your thoughts on, do you think AI is going to be the future or what are your thoughts on that? So this is like a long conversation that, that's that, okay. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Um, so is AI the future? AI is here now. Well, yeah, um, no, yeah, hundred hundred percent it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, that's like saying, you know, do you, do you, uh, what do you think about the current state of politics? I mean, it's like, you know, that, that's a huge question that, that, that could go another hour and a half. Uh-huh. Um, but I've been in AI for, I mean, I, I worked at IBM Watson. I was in the first 400 employees at IBM oh, wow. Watson. Uh, there's now, I don't know, you know, 10,000 employees or something. Um, I've worked for some AI. <laughs> Why is uh, Rob crawling? <laughs> He, he's first off, he's probably on painkillers. Secondly, he's drinking high proof alcohol. He's not on painkillers. He doesn't. We'll like be able to sleep tonight for sure. I don't Let's know why see. he was crawling. I don't know what is going on around. Yeah, I did. So, um, and I'm we're big in. I was big in cybersecurity stuff too, which I know is what Rob does for for uh, his. Yeah. Uh, by the way, is this? Wait till he gets his headphones on. But I, I want to talk does. about this job he has. Yeah, he does. He does security for the national park. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the real. Uh, let's 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 see if he gets his head his headphones on here. Oh, okay. Why were you crawling on the floor, Rob? <laughs> so <laughs> earlier, when I was taking care of Aoy, aka Allie, I ran over the cord <laughs> for, <laughs> for my headphones, and it got like wrapped in the fucking wheels to my chair. So I've been like trying to get it undone. So I was crawling over to it because I was afraid it was going to fall over doing it on crutches. Oh, I was okay. trying to do it out of camera range, but then I looked yeah, up no. and saw you guys laugh. I was like, why is he crawling on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so we're, we were just talking about AI getting into cybersecurity. And I, and I was going to say, I'm not sure that you actually work for the park service. Like, Last so, time I saw you on Instagram, you look like you're building a sniper's nest. So I, I'm, I think this is a CIA cover-up, uh, some kind not of. Uh, no, I ironically, I'm, I almost did work for them, but yeah, this is not. He, yeah, so he actually turned down a job for that agency. Yeah, but he's out in the Grand Canyon working for a government agency, doing park stuff. Like this seems, Rob, this seems to me like, I mean, like I, it, I've been around enough to know that, that you know, is it, are you, are you guys waterboarding people out there? What, what is going on exactly? And you got well, this I mean, Tesla, you got this Tesla, you know, uh, satellite now and you got like sand, why do you have sandbags all around your house? Like these, these uh, sandbags and camo tarps. I don't understand what's going on. We're, we're securing the park. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So Austin was asking about AI and um, I was like, that's a whole nother hour and a half uh, deal. But AI is, you know, is part of everybody's lives. People don't realize it. Right. But I mean, oh, if, you, yeah, if, you, if you just if you you know say the word uh, Nike shoes and then you go on Instagram and, and Nike ad pops up, then, you know, everything you, that, that tells you everything you need. If you're playing Xbox right. and you're talking on live, Xbox Live and you're with Sony PlayStation, which I've worked with. And, you know, you're talking to them and you're, and you're talking about your buddies wanting a pizza and all of a sudden you get a, a Domino's ad. Like th- there's that that's not a coincidence. That's, right, that's yeah. AI working. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. I love it, by the way. People are freaked out by it, and probably a lot of your audience are like super anti, you know, big brother government. But I love AI. It makes my life easy. Like I if you want to go look at the porn, if you want to go look at the porn that I've downloaded or, or not downloaded, but watched, and you want to see my spending habits, knock your lights out. That stuff that's 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 been American Express already has all that. 
so right, yeah. Netflix. So I have nothing to hide. You can you can watch the, you can if you want to spend your days looking at at the porn and the stuff that I'm buying. That's that's fine. <laughs> Wait, you're paying for it? You realize it's free? No, 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 no. That's what I meant. I meant that's what I meant. Like you know, if you if 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 you don't think that people that are anti sort of AI or anti you know your computer learning you and things, it's like oh yeah. What do you have to hide? You think you think anybody cares about what porn you're watching? You think anybody cares I mean, about how much you, you know? Can- you carry an AI device in your pocket 99% of the time. All day long. You're geotracking. Yeah. You're geo- absolutely. Yeah. We, we actually do advertisements. So this is to tie this back to bourbon. So talking about Spencer, um, you know, there is. So when we do our, um, our big ad pushes around the holidays, we actually target uh, not only zip codes and people based on who they look at. And, you know, there's all kinds of like profiles. Right. This is AI. Like, you know, do you, do you look at Lucchese boots or do you look at Ferrari? Do you, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, your, your indicators, right? Fishing, hunting, what, whatever it is you're looking at. Um, but we also can track geospatial when you're close to one of our stores that sells our alcohol. So we actually can upload all of the, all of the, the key stores that we, that are in the high end neighborhoods that when people are driving by on their Instagram and using Waze or using Google Maps or whatever, and we can actually hit them when they're within like a two mile radius of one of our premium stores that carries our, our alcohol that says, hey, you know, check out Sisterdale. And, and just so happens that you're within a mile or so of, your, of the liquor store. So if you don't think that your phone is not actively watching, oh, listening, yeah. tracking, you're cra- you know, that, that's, that's AI today. And we yeah. use it in advertisement uh, for for our for the sister day. So, oh yeah. So if you drive by one of our liquor stores, you're going to get hit with one of our ads that says, uh, "Hey, are you thirsty?" <laughs> How many liquor stores are you in? In Texas, we're in we were in we were in 180 at last count, but we've added another probably 50 or 60 in the last uh, two 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 and a half months. This so far this year, whatever we're in, April three months. So, okay. you know, give, give or take, you know, 200 stores. And then we're online in 45 states. Um, we're not, we're not in um, Alaska or Hawaii. It would cost you $300 to ship a $80 oh, bottle. Oh, I'm and sure. Then, yeah. And then the M's, the uh, M states, uh, states with M's don't allow it. Uh, Louisiana doesn't really? allow it. And Utah, it's a federal offense to ship alcohol into, uh, it's a federal felony to ship alcohol into Utah. So wow. those, if you're in those states, um, sorry, drive over to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, or, or, yeah, Oregon doesn't. Yeah. Oregon, or you give it. it to me, Chad, and I'll drive it up in there. I won't. Yeah, well, I've sent you. I've sent you stuff, but you just said you guzzled two bottles. This stuff should two or three bottles should last you like two years. No, you no, no. So, all right, all right. In my defense, I drank the bottle that I bought. And this is that second bottle that you sent me. Plus, I have that yeah. one other bottle, and I still have two of the tasters. I'm not like yeah, but that bottle I sent and, you, like that was like a week ago, two weeks ago. I like your bourbon. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, hey, man. Uh, no, it's great. That's that's fantastic. But um, yeah, this is that's 94 proof. Uh, you know, jet fuel you're drinking there. It's really good. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. We should. So what, uh, else, what else? Anybody? Yeah, go ahead, Rob. What else? Anybody? I, I was going to say, um, you know, when you and I talked on the phone the other day, there was there was a couple things that we wanted to make sure we covered on the podcast, and it was definitely you know mental health. It was um, you know the process, uh, the entrepreneur stuff, stuff that you did, 
Um, is there anything that you have on your side of the house that you think you still want to talk about? Or did you want to get into ATI? How are you feeling? So there's one thing I want to cover, though. Oh, shit. Well, so, so I, I, I was one question I have. You didn't you. let him answer, though. My bad. I'm sorry. So, like, how about you let our guests talk? You don't be fucking rude. Says, says Rob. Says Rob. Right. A 30 minute guy is crawling around on the ground. Who yeah. just leaves us? Jeez. Yeah. I, my dog had to pee. Yeah. No, I, so to answer the question, I mean, you know, I, I think we've, uh, we've exhausted the, uh, the podcast, uh, time. I mean, I, I don't know how long your people listen, but, um, mm -hmm. no, I, I, you know, this has been fun for me. And, and I think we, we flew by a lot of topics there. The big thing was to support you guys. You know, um, you've got your service dog, Rob, that you, you know, I see in the background, you know, the, just coming on and, and sort of saying thank you and, and supporting. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal, man. You know, you, you've been through a lot and to have a dog that helps you cope, whatever that is, whether it's walking, marching, you know, hiking, whatever it is people do to make their lives, you know, um, to get through that, that's, that's a, that's a big deal for us. So, nope, I think we, I think we hit it all. I, I, you know, we didn't okay, get awesome. into too much of the market. You have and a question and let's get into ATR. Okay, there was one thing I want to ask you, Chad, and it was like, I guess, what was the hardest time or most difficult time you had since starting like sister now? In my life or at, as a company? As a company. <laughs> Um, there's been, you know, so we've been at this, like I said, since 2018, we, we, we formed, we formed the company in 2019. Uh, we released our first product in, you know, the end of 2020. So, you know, there was a good two years there of going through sort of the, there's sort of a couple of phases to launching a product. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, people think, oh, just because you, you're ready to do something, you think three months later, you know, you're going to be relaunching a company and it doesn't work that way. No. There's a lot that goes into to companies, whether whether you're doing a you know a small company out of your garage or or whatever. Um, so there's probably been like maybe maybe twice in the three to it's been four years maybe 2018. Yeah, I guess I guess so. There's probably been twice where me and my partner were like, are we, are we going to keep doing this? You know, mm -hmm. is is this is this worth it? Um, the chips are stacked against us. Um, we we recently. Uh, I don't get into. I got to think about what uh, I've had a few bourbons. I got to think about what I'm gonna say. But we recently had someone who came to us um, and said that um, they they may or may not own the rights to some some of our branding, um, and you know came to us with a lawyer and stuff. And so so mm -hmm. there's just stuff like that where you you know. And so what I said to my partner was, and th this was in the last you know 30, 30, 60 days, whatever, and. Mm -hmm. um, but I said to my partner, I go, I go, I go, well, I guess we know we've made it when people want to start coming after us and taking what we have, right? When, right, when, start trying, yeah. when people start threatening you with lawsuits, then, then you finally have, have made it. But you know, stuff like that, where you're just, we're just trying to grind and we're, and, and you know, we, we do a lot of, we take a lot of care, especially on the legal side, because my partner's a lawyer. We, we, right. we take a lot of research and care in our naming and our, in our, you know, you know, trademarking and all the things that we do, the people that we work with. We try our best uh, to be honest and fair and still run a business, but there are a lot of people out there who want a lot of shit for free oh, yeah. or, you know, want a lazy way out and it, you become under attack. And it, for me, my 
Pete, my partner, is a lawyer. It's just every day for him because he that he's in legal proceedings every day. For right. me, it like hurts my feelings. You know, I take yeah. it very personal that someone you've worked, worked so hard on. Well, and that, that someone would think that I'm trying to cheat them, or someone thinks that you know that I'm that that I was that I offended them, or someone thinks that you know um, whatever that I that I hurt someone's feelings. And I, I don't mean like that's that's soft to you. I just mean like that someone thinks that my intentions were ill will. That mm-hmm. really that really hurts me internally as a person because I try to do very I try to be very positive and I try to be very you know open and and, and nice and caring and giving and a good a good human. I try to be a good human. Um, and so it, it, that, that stuff takes its toll on me. I really don't, I lose sleep over things like that. Um, and I think you guys have a shirt, um, which you could send me for free, even though I said like, yeah, I hate when people ask me for free, but that shirt you guys have that says not all wounds are, are visible or, um, why don't we just send them both? We have the, not all wounds yeah, Austin, are visible and we have send me be some... a good human. What, 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 Rob, what was the one that says not all wounds are visible? Not all wounds are visible is a joint Not collaboration visible. between us and I. And then I have one that's called be a good human. So I think that kind yeah. of like, hits so the pole. those, so those, those really, those are really big to me. Um, you know, and I'm not a perfect human being. I'm, I'm not always, you know, um, business is business. It can be cutthroat, but I never right. try to screw anybody. And so, so that's number one. So just be a good human being, put out good shit and good shit comes back, put out nasty stuff, nasty stuff comes back. Um, but that not all wounds are visible. Like I saw that in your thing and that one really like, you know, hit me hard. And because there's so many people, including myself that have wounds that aren't visible. Yeah. So like if, if we could anything, we, if there's one thing, if one person, you know, if you affect one person, um, then you're better off today than you were yesterday. So mm-hmm. that made me get teary eyed. Yeah. I mean, and there's plenty, there's plenty of like times where like me and Rob have talked where like people don't see Rob as a real like I guess like veteran or combat veteran because he's not like missing a leg. Is or that is that because arm. he served? Is that because he served in the Coast Guard? Yeah. Okay. No, he was no, <laughs> no he was he was calf scout. Um, and no, I was I, just, not. I probably just offended a lot of Coast Guard people, which uh, my younger brother was thinking about going. So I, it's a joke. I mean, his favorite thing ever is calf scouts, so it's okay. No, fuck um, that. I was infantry. <laughs> um but yeah no like that shirt hits home to like not only you chad but me rob and a lot of other people because you know like i was saying me and rob have talked about like a lot of people don't see him as injured because he's not missing a leg he's not missing an arm he's not you know well i i i I could tell you at that breakfast where he and i sat there and and i was watching him right i'm very observant of people's behavior and Mm -hmm. um you can say what you said when i went to the bathroom you can (laughs) go ahead i say i don't remember what i what did i say you're uh i guess you told amanda while i was gone going to the bathroom Looks like Rob struggling with the conversation or something like well, that. Like it was well, a I lot. See, I could see, I could see your your brain pausing. Um, yeah. And, and at one point, you like even stopped and you kind of like leaned forward. Right. And by the way, I'm a lot. I'm a lot to like take. As Rob said, I'm a lot to take on. But I, I was looking at him at one point, and I'm like, I'm wearing this guy out. And not, not only that, was I wearing him out, but he stopped and Rob, you paused and you went forward. And you're kind of looking down at the, at the table and I was sitting across from him and he's just looking down and it was like a glitch happened. He had a glitch. His brain wasn't, it, it just glitched. It was like, it was like blue screen, you know, green screen or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I, I saw that I'm like, he, you know, and he's had brain injuries. And so you can see when you're talking to someone like Rob, right. That, that they have things and, and they hit glitches in their brains where it's just like, he just like, he just stopped, he paused. 
-huh. like a minute. It wasn't even a minute. It was probably like 10 seconds, but it felt like a yeah. long pause because he checked out of the conversation for like, a, a it, it just glitched. And so, and then I asked him, I was, and by the way, Rob, I hope I didn't, you know, I just, I'm very point. Very no, open. no, just go ahead. I'm an open book. And so I was like, Rob, I was like, tell me about your, you know, your, your, you know, your, he said, I have, he goes, I had a brain injury. And he kind of told me like, I need a pause. Cause I'm, I, you know, this is a lot. I need a break, which by the way, I get told from people who don't have brain injuries, tell me that as well. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I get it. But, um, but he, then he told me, he, he, I just, and me, I just blot out. Like, tell me about your injuries. You know, like I just sort of like, you know, don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm not sensitive that don't think about it because I'm just an open book myself. And he's right. talking about his head smashed into the, you know, he had a, a, whatever you called him a striker. Again, I'm not a military guy, but blew up and his head freaking hit the thing and a, a thing smashed off the wall and smashed him in the head. And he's still, and I'm just like, holy shit. You know, like that's a major, that that's major shit. And so if you look mm -hmm. at him, he's a fun loving guy. He's, you know, he's whatever, all this stuff, the mullet and all the deal that he talks, you know, but you don't, but he's got a brain injury. He's got brain damage, you know, he's got, he's got internal wounds. And when you, if, and again, Rob didn't tell me that he's killed anybody or had trigger time or, <laughs> but, but combat by itself, whether, you know, and, there, and then you have all the bravado guys that goes, well, I never stopped and asked him, you know, look back to see if I killed him or whatever. But whether you kill him or not, if you're firing weapons in a combat and you're worried about getting mm -hmm. shot yourself and that goes on for an extended period of time, that's, you know, that's, a, that's traumatic that people, most just humans being, don't do that. Oh yeah. Just being shot at in general is most humans traumatic. don't go. I wake up today and I don't know if I'm gonna get shot after breakfast. Like that doesn't okay. happen. And unless you have an so, LA. <laughs> LA. So, <laughs> or Chicago. <laughs> right. So when you say most, you know, all wounds aren't visible, like that's true. And by the way, that could be someone who was, who was, you know, sexually abused. That could be someone yeah, oh, whose yeah. family separated. That could be someone, there, there's all kinds of things that there's yeah. verbal abuse that people take. There's all oh, yeah. kinds of things as a, you know, that ch child things. So I just, and I'm on a rant now, but uh, no, you're so good. No, I don't have to brain injury, but I'll, I'll stop. But yeah, no, but, but um, that, like me and Robert talked important. about like PTSD isn't just for veterans. Isn't just for people in the military. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. people, I mean, I mean, granted you think PTSD and most people think of the military, think of veterans, think of people, but PTSD is anybody and everybody like, any any anybody any walk of life can have PTSD from any traumatic experience or just any experience right. in general. Right. And I'm not I'm not one of those people. And again, I don't I don't want to offend people, but I'm not one of those people that think that like you know it's also like there's a lot of people that are super soft. Like everybody's you know there's so many people that just claim these things or claim that they have a disability oh, yeah. or claim that oh my god I have PTSD because I had to wait in traffic or whatever. Like that right. also offend that also offend is offensive oh, uh, to the people who really who really have it. Oh, a hundred percent. But post-traumatic stress based on someone stresses up to you and what your brain thinks is stressful and what you think mm -hmm. Austin is different than what Rob thinks and what I think I mean I'm not what I think is stressful is a, is a business deal you know you guys have been in combat so it's like that's a whole different deal right now you having to go talk to Google about a hundred million dollar deal and mm -hmm. and might be stressful to you so right. which, which is fun for me so um so anyways so I I don't know where we're going with this, but just the, the whole thing about the, the wounds are not always visible is a big deal. And th that was the number one thing I wanted. To, that's why I want to participate with you guys. That's why I want to hang out with your audience. That's why when, when the, the George, the sailor and these guys are, are following us, like I'm honored um, that those people, you know, think about us and, and like our product enough and hopefully think that we give a shit about them um, as much as, you know, as much as we can. We, we, we do. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's why that's one of the reasons why we wanted you on here. It's because you know you you care, you know, you don't just you know you show that you care, not like I said, not just with your words, but with your actions. 
Yeah. And our company, you know, like even, even Heartwater, I was talking about like this, you know, the guy that owned, that, that, that's a husband and wife, uh, Michael, who, who's one of the, the husband, um, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't drink alcohol and we have an exclusive deal with them. We only use their rainwater. He has a hun- over a hundred recovery centers in Texas to help people mm-hmm. recover from addiction. Um, yeah, and, awesome. and so we, we want to participate with their company because they, you know, we, I want to, I want to buy their water exclusively for our bourbon because they, A, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. And, and your B, money goes to a good place. That's right. So back to like putting our money where our mouth is like, we really, we really want to do that stuff. And, and I hope that's what people take away is that, you know, we're, we're, again, it's a little bit of guilt, a little bit of payback, you know, those people who've served and those people, whether they're firemen, my, my dad was a fireman. My grandfather was a fireman. Um, you know, they, my, my grandfather, um, you know, watched and smelled a, a burning car with a human that was stuck in and his hands burned. And from, from that point on, he could never eat chicken again. Uh, my grandmother told me this, my grandfather never talked about it, but my grandmother, he could, he, the, the smell of burning flesh, uh, mm-hmm. and he has, you know, so, you know, in that generation, they just didn't talk about it. They just, they just went back oh, home no, and not sucked at all. it up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's, you know, f- there's, there's a lot of stuff. People think go oh, firemen are running around, you know? They, they watch people die. They watch people burn. Oh, hundred percent. It's that's just like, you know, like I said, just like, you know, cops and nurses and doctors and firemen and everybody. Teachers. Yeah. I mean, the, they, the like, stuff they the don't teachers see. They, the t- My wife was a teacher. The, the, the things that they see in poverty schools where kids are starving. Oh yeah. They have lice. They haven't bathed. They don't know where their food is going to come from. If it's not from the school. Yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. And like I said, and nobody <laughs> on that note, drink up. <laughs> Right. And nobody thinks about that, though, because they only think about like the few that they see or, you know, they know about it in the back of their head, but they don't actually think about it. That's right. So if you could just be a kind human being and know that somebody like this guy that fought Rob, maybe that guy was having a bad day. Maybe he's got post-traumatic stress. Maybe it triggered him. I don't know. But if we could all just be a little kinder and, and, you know, and then maybe the world's a little bit better place tomorrow than it was today. All right. You got anything else, Rob? Hello, Rob. Hello. <laughs> I couldn't get off mute. Um, <laughs> no. No, I, I think those are all very good points. And it's, it's you know, we've covered it time and time again about the whole not all wounds are visible. And, mm-hmm. you know, just be a good person. And that's why we definitely want you on the podcast. That's why I think you and I clicked well outside of the podcast, Chad. And we definitely appreciate your time. I'm I'm good with getting into ATI since we're pushing like two hours here. I mean, like Chad was concerned we we're only gonna be able to go for like 45 minutes, but we we came up with some stuff. I'm <laughs> I'm happy with this podcast. Yeah, it's a good podcast. Yeah. So unless you got anything else that you want to plug, Chad, like I say we get straight into ATI. Yep. All right, let's do it. I'll hit it first. Would you rather drink ketchup through a straw or eat mayo with a spoon? So uh, hold on. So first off, I've seen I've seen this. I've seen you guys podcast. That's mm-hmm. did, did y'all make these weak because I was coming on? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we want you to not get canceled. We like yeah. your, your whiskey. We'd like to keep drinking it. I we mean, can we true. can find you a fucked up one. We can give you I mean, super like, fucked up one. Not super we fucked have up. Very be fucked better up than that. One, I mean, you're like, asking me ketchup and straw. I mean, you know, you're like there's gonna be a little bit higher degree better than that. Okay, we'll, we'll find you one. 
Find him when Austin will, will he answers that and I'll answer it. Okay, and so I'll even read the next one. Yeah, let's go to the next one. That one's that one's like no, no, we still have to have to answer it. Oh, I have have to answer. Answer. All right. So what the question was drink ketchup through a straw or what? Eat or eat, eat mayo, mayo with a spoon. spoon. I don't know. Uh probably ketchup, I guess. Yeah, same. I fucking hate mayonnaise. What about you, fucking mayonnaise boy? See, I like mayonnaise, but I don't know if I could eat it with a spoon. That's a lot of mayonnaise. That's a lot of mayonnaise. I'd probably do ketchup. All right. Well, you're finding a really fucked up one. I'm going to go on to the next one. <laughs> Not really. Uh, where'd it go? All right. Would you rather swim with a shark or spend a night in the forest with a mountain lion? uh probably mount uh probably mountain lion it's the same okay. those are the same you're both yeah. in their domains they're both predators they're both probably more scared of you than you are of them mm -hmm. uh and unless you're leading neither one of them are probably going to mess with you yeah i mean that's that's a good point plus you can actually like run away from a mountain lion like trying you to could, outswim you could, a shark yeah, you could choke. You could choke a mountain lion or hit it in its eyes. A shark, you're you're out of you're you don't have any leverage in the water. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with even though I love sharks and I've, I've actually cage dived with great white sharks. I'm gonna go with the mountain lion as well, mainly because I want video of it. I have no video or pictures of mountain lions, and I've only seen them once. And the in the Grand Canyon, you don't see them rolling around through there. We have like I think like. 23 that are currently tagged out here but they have a 200 mile radius so they yeah. come and go out of the park as they please so yeah i'm doing mountain line what about you austin i'm gonna i'm gonna do forest with mountain line because it's a lot easier to survive in the forest than it is in the ocean that's true okay your skin skin's better everything yep yeah way easier yeah <laughs> all right Let's get to the third softball one, and then we'll get into those two hard ones that you just added. Okay. Okay. Read it. <laughs> oh, would you rather have a dog that looks like a baby or a baby that looks like a dog? Dog that looks like a baby. You don't want an ugly kid. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. Nope, nobody yeah. likes to do business. Nobody does business with ugly people. <laughs> I agree. Then why do we have uh, Rob on here now? I was gonna say, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, okay. So 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 one of the fucked up ones is would you rather have a threesome with two four feet tall women or two seven feet tall women? Okay, what I, I gotta think about this. Okay, two <laughs> four feet or two seven feet, that's the choice. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> seven feet's a lot. <laughs> but four feet, there's complications. I mean, I'm a big man. I'd have to go seven just for just for just for physics. <laughs> just for some logistics. Oh, what do you uh, think, Rob? I don't remember where you picked last time. So. I don't remember what I picked last time either because I do remember this question. Um, uh, Amanda, know that that I care about oh, you. Come most. on, this I guy. <laughs> this guy. All right, so. Uh, I'm going to go with the four feet tall women because I've never had sex with a midget. And I think to have a threesome with midgets, 
pretty high. You can't call them budgets anymore. You got to call them little people. <laughs> oh, little people. Yeah, I forgot. We're trying not get you canceled. That'd be um, correct. Yeah. <laughs> the little people, the the midgets, they're little. <laughs> <laughs> I just they don't know. I think I'm gonna go with the same. I think we go the same. I'd rather. I don't like. I just, I'm not a fan of really tall women, so I'm gonna go with little people. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. <laughs> Would you rather pee dry sand for the rest of your life? Or poop hard brick, a hard brick every time. Oh my god, I can't fucking read, Austin. Please read that. I get would the you gist. Would you rather? Would you rather pee, pee dry sand for the rest of your life, or poop a hard brick once every year on your birthday? Oh, it's only once a year. <laughs> well, yes, this became enticing. Yeah, one year you you get. Only once a year you can deal with you can deal with the pain once a year. Now the, the peeing sand for the rest of your life. Well, I don't what would that, that feel pain, like? That pain would be less, I think, than the hard brick. The hard brick, you're gonna have tears. Yeah. You're oh, have yeah. Rips. And that could be more painful than just having dry pee. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I, <laughs> it's tough, right? A, it's a, what size is the brick are we talking? Like a like standard a, like a, like brick. A, like a, like a standard brick. No, see that that would do so much damage. You'd be you'd be in diapers. You gotta go <laughs> pee. What are you gonna pick, Rob? I'm pissing sand. I can't yeah. have anything coming out my butthole or come in my butthole that big. <laughs> you, you would be you would be you'd be in diapers. You'd you'd have to have mesh. That, that would be rough. Uh, yeah. What about yeah. you, Austin? You're shitting a brick. I see you. Always, all the time. Every, that's normal for me every day. No, I was gonna say you take big shits. I bet. <laughs> I no, bet. <laughs> I'm gonna go with dry sand for sure. I don't want to. That would be terrible on the inside. Yes, you would have so much damage, so much post damage. You get PTSD uh, just from that. Yeah, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> Not all wounds are visible unless you pull down my pants. That's right. My that's asshole right. was ruined. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, on that note, all right. I think we should wrap this motherfucker up. Is there anything else either one of you want to plug? Otherwise, I'm going to close up, close this out. Chad, stick around for a sec. Um, yeah. You got anything, Austin? Nope. I think you're good, man. Chad, anything? In the words of Ellen DeGeneres, "Be kind to one another." Doesn't she like beat the shit out of her like <laughs> boys or something like that, <laughs> like verbally? Okay. Allegedly. Cool. So now we're going to get uh, verbally abused when we get off the podcast. So cool. That's nice to know. Um, Thank you for everyone that joined us on the Fight Like Hell episode 53, I think it is. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you go on Spotify and give us a rating. Make sure you follow, unfollow, do all that stuff. We're actually in the top 10% podcast in the world right now. Help us move up to like 9% and we'd appreciate that. (laughs) So thank you for joining us. Chad, thanks for being our guest. Stick around. We love you guys. Peace.